0: Hi, everyone. This is Off Meta, a podcast about Star Wars and X-Wing and really anything that I care about. I'm Stephen, a.k.a. Rathos, your host, and today I'm joined by Chris Allen. Chris is a mastermind, evil genius, behind the scenes uh, in X-Wing. He's been around since forever. He's uh, one of the despicable crates. He's uh, the savior of X Wing Competitive. He's uh, the TO. He's getting a more
1: and more ridiculous <laughs> line of titles that are less and less true the longer you go on. But you know yeah. what? Keep them coming. I'll take them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. That's, the, that's the whole thing is, you know, Chris has been for, here forever. So I think that I, so the way I want to do this podcast is I really want to focus on kind of lost lore to an extent. I want to talk to someone who I'm interested in knowing more about, so that you know everyone can benefit from this. It's really a selfish endeavor because I just wanna, I want to have an excuse to support enough people that oh. I think are interesting for you know one to two hours or whatever, however long we talk, and then just could get to know each other better. I'm um, reading the history book. I got you. Yeah, I want to know all the things. Um, yeah,
1: actually, I had a similar experience. Um, my wife and I finally got to go on our honeymoon this year in Japan. Yeah. Um, and we met up with a tour guide who got his PhD at UNC, where we both went to school and live right next to, right? Nice. And uh, he just took us around Kyoto and like was like our personal college professor lecture tour guide through just all these tiny districts and everything. So Ken, highly recommend that I'm just going to get someone who's a giga mega nerd about some incredibly niche subject that nine people care about and talk to them. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that, um, I think a lot of people know who you are, like, who know your name, right? Like, it's just like me, right? Like, I knew your name, I knew of you, but I don't really know much about you, other than, like, you know, little stories here or there. Um, where didn't you start playing X-Wing? When exactly?
1: Let's see. So, that you- was, it was when the Force Awakens court that court still slurring my words. you hate to see it. Um Corset came out in like 2015, I think.
0: I think that was 2015. I think it was um, uh so yeah. I think it was September of th- cuz it was a couple of mo- months before the movie came out, right?
1: Yeah, so I um was just bored at, at lunch with a friend. Um at work and we were like just cycling through random card games and stuff to play to kill time during some off hours and uh i was looking through you know like stuff that was selling and you know had recently come out or whatever and saw x-wing and i was like oh that's interesting because i really liked um star wars galaxies the space stuff in that was really cool so there's a bunch of they had a Decimator model. I was like, oh, that's neat. And i you know, never played a miniatures game or whatever. Never had any interest in it. Um, right. So I was like, yeah, let's this and play. It looks like it's two players, and it's reasonably quick, and you know, we can do whatever. And uh, so then I was like, oh, this is really cool. And he didn't care much for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, then I myself. Can,
0: can I ask, around. were you famously the one who doesn't like Star Wars, but yeah. like Star Wars <laughs> products?
1: Know. Like... Kind of so, I don't think the Star Wars movies are very good. I think well, that's they're a, pretty bad. That's
0: okay. You can you can think that them they're bad. Like it's yeah. it's okay to like Star Wars and think that Star Wars is also yeah terrible.
1: okay. I'll hit you with. I think the Star Wars movies are pretty unenjoyable to watch too. But okay. I don't really like movies, so that's not a hot take for me. Okay. Uh, but I really like the so I like Space Sims a lot. Okay. And Star Wars is one of the very few space sims that, like, get games and media made for it that's not a whole bunch of, like, six degrees of freedom yeah. bullshit, you know, d- dual joystick type situations where sure. it's, like, you know, World War Two in space. So, yeah. big it, fan it's, of that.
0: Star Wars is the most built universe for, for science fiction, even if it's not right, really yeah. science fiction.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's the most random backstories about random places. I still know things about information I cannot evacuate from my head, even if I wanted to, about like dumb planets from the original Battlefield 2, little, you know, intro cutscenes as it would seem. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that stupid. I don't I don't remember what it was called, but you know, there's the snow planet with the ice fortress that's not hot. It's the other one. Mm-hmm. There's like just all these random, dumb details that will never go away. Yeah. and that's kind of cool because all the artwork and everything is really good like i do really like all the Starlight like, here i don't i don't know how well this will work i really do like all the star wars artwork like this is mounted right. up on my desk over my office or whatever right it's like oh right right, right. Yeah. so you like, like
0: you like the you like the universe not but go. not the content
1: yeah like the well and there's a bunch of games in particular that are really good too there's a bunch sure. of them they're really 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 bad but that goes without saying right um, but it doesn't matter how much bad stuff there is right you just play the stuff that's good so who cares
0: right right i think that's uh i think that's kind of a, a good take about star wars is that well there's two takes the first take is that which which is what what I'm, my point was was you know you just watch the stuff or enjoy the stuff that you like in the universe and don't worry about the other stuff don't worry yeah, about it it's if it's like... not explicitly in canon, or if there's doesn't make any sense or it's or you know it you know actively hurts your your brain i'm th- i'm looking at you uh helicopter lightsabers it doesn't matter it's all fine because it's just a it's just a great canvas that we can all jump into and then the second point is basically the solution to bad star wars is more star wars because Yeah, it's fine,
1: right? Like, it doesn't matter how much. I mean, like, the general interest in, like, there was a Star Wars craze in, like, 2015, 2016 that I think is, no matter the quality of product they put out, will never be reached again for a lot of reasons. It doesn't really matter why, right? Um, Of course. Well, we had Star Wars uh, Blue
0: Balls for, like, 10 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was Star Wars Blue Balls, but then, like, there was a little bit of Star Wars content and, like, the Clone Wars stuff. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of kids grew up on that cartoon series or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. um, we're like, well, nothing's ever been released. So now I'm 25 or 30 or whatever. And here's the stuff that they're going to make. And maybe I'll like it. And that's cool. And blah, blah, blah.
0: So, you know, what's funny about this is I can see the parallels because I'm I'm an old guy. Well, comparatively, I'm an old guy. And I remember when the prequels came out after there was a content drought of. Almost ten years between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. It was so, more than
1: ten years, right? Here's my yeah, yeah. They, I mean,
0: okay. they gotcha. had special edition and stuff in the middle. Yeah, to like, but, it, but right. that's not really. So, like, I remember, Marvel and everyone loved. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, I think that also that's the other thing that's really funny about Star Wars fans is that people think that like, oh, it's so toxic now. No, it was always toxic. People always <laughs> hated Star Wars. They loved Star Wars, but they hated it. But is
1: that true for every Yes. So my hypothesis is oh, yes. every like group of fans over something that isn't like mm-hmm. a like a producer consumer relationship is just outrageously toxic. Do you like, remember any time you... there's fans of a show or movie or book series or whatever it's just always like oh my god what did i walking
0: into Yeah. Do you know about the war between trekkies and trekkers? I don't, I'm don't. i proud to say that I don't know what that means. So there was a thing about the terminology of, of what it meant to be a Star Trek fan. And so if you were a Trekker, you were a hardcore degenerate. That really Good. like, yes, you know, the, those guys. And then if you were a Trekkie, you were a casual. But, you know, like you, if you, it, it was really weird because people who were hardcore would say that they were Trekkies, but then they were Trekkers and then so on backwards. And there was a big whole thing And this was in the 90s when the internet was just like kind of starting up so like you had basically usenet groups where they were just like arguing about this stuff and it was insane and this is this is the foundation that the internet was built on so yes a very
1: strong solid rock foundation of respect
0: (laughs) yes exactly
1: i mean in the 90s on the internet i was i was born in the 90s but um i mean i was playing let's just say, online MMOs of questionable quality with a bunch of other people that were pretending to be old enough to sign up for accounts, but were of actually, course, you know, 10. Of course. And, of uh, course. you know, I can say we all treated each other with lots of respect, too. So. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was so weird because there's so much vitriol about Star Wars, but it's kind of always been there because it's just, as you say, like kind of all fan groups, when you get big enough, there's just groups of assholes that come in and they're just kind of yeah, ruining really, things for everybody I else.
1: I don't get. It. I mean, so I I recognize that I don't get it because like I don't like movies, so I don't have strong feelings on them other than like I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. But like I, I what would drive someone to fight over movies for so long? I feel like I can I can see people like flinch if you say the Last Jedi near them loud enough, or you know good or bad things about Impact, which I very much enjoy because I can rile people up without working too hard. But sure. like.
0: It's I mean, a, you're a incredible. troublemaker so it's i don't know never well i mean we're gonna get to the new section and then we'll have a conversation about that part but <laughs> okay
1: maybe i'm a troublemaker <laughs>
0: um but i think uh so i think that it's a tribal mentality maybe to a certain extent because and this is getting up ab- like objectively worse in the last five years last five to ten years that um the tribalism it just people have been going 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 to camps. That's what makes the politicism like a lot more crazy. It's just people need to belong to something. And it used to be that what the things that you could belong to were more global, like you know systemic. And a lot of that has broken away either because of fracture, because of lack of confidence in our in our systems and whatnot. And we need something to hold on to. And for some people, that's the last Jedi. You know,
1: Well, and it's interesting because I remember reading in like, it must have been the early 2000s and I was like in high school, right, mid 2000s or whatever, about like how filter bubbles were going to destroy society. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting hypothesis, right, that people will get into like more and more niche communities online and surround themselves with echo chambers of everyone that agrees with them and like distance themselves yes. from reality. And then I was like, well, the only person who's terminated online that I know is me, but, you know, I was like 13 at the time, true trendsetter in online brain rot. Sure. Uh, but yeah
0: it's I, wild how how true that has been you know what the the interesting thing about this is though i think the majority of people are kind of like you and me well i mean i'm i'm, I'm pretty hardcore in star wars and i love it very much but i'm also i'm not particularly uh hard on it so if it sucks that's okay if i had a good time i don't care yeah, it whatever. doesn't it doesn't define me as a person. Even though a lot of things that I do are kind of defined in that space because it's a big part of my hobby, right? But it doesn't define me. Like I'm not defined as the Star Wars guy, or I don't think of myself as the Star Wars guy, or I don't think of myself in that lens, right? So yep. if the content sucks and Star Wars sucks for a while, that sucks. But there's other things I can do and other things I can watch. I have multiple things. I'm a multifaceted person. I can dive into other things. I don't feel badly about it. Um, and I'm not saying. And I think I'm not saying that that the people who are you know pathologically obsessive about this stuff is like they, they probably aren't as well they have other things that they're in their life but they there's mentally something about them that's like fo- hyper focusing on this one thing so much that they're getting angry about it right right but yeah most people i think are just kind of like us where it's like you know we have passions about these things but we're not going to it's not driving us to do anything really aggressive about it right
1: yeah but then further to that point like because it's not driving you to do anything you know if i'm reading a comment on reddit about how awful star wars is and how everyone involved should go to jail it's not Mm going to be your comment right it's not going to be some boring level headed like yeah you know this show came out it was okay i don't really care it was fine i watched it probably wouldn't watch it again no big deal yeah it's you know we need to march to Disney headquarters and burn it down and or it's time for everyone involved to get awards yeah. and you know promote them to Godhood or whatever yeah
0: there is a wearing down too that happens because I I will find myself defending Star Wars even though it doesn't necessarily need defending because if there's so much if there's so much in a row like not even that like the mass the max opinion is like the, whatever this is bad but just because there's you're seeing so much of it constantly bombarding you um from different places that you're like oh god let me just let me just justify why i like this thing right right yeah well
1: and it's um even if it doesn't matter it is very frustrating to watch people say things that are not true especially if yeah. they're like tangential even tangentially related to you because yeah. i think is where a lot of internet fights come from Is like well this person's I mean there's the age old
0: like I can't go to bed now you know people on the internet are wrong but there's a yeah. lot of truth to that right <laughs> like... yeah yeah for sure <laughs> let me let me pivot for a bit because I mean I think that if we wanted to we could talk about this stuff forever. and honestly it's not going to like if someone's listening I, I was, was bold assumption that anyone's listening but yeah true if, <laughs> if if someone's listening it's not like they're gonna have their minds changed about the about the position either or um I just think that like like, just before we move on, I think the last thing we should, maybe it's like, if you are listening, hey, you know, maybe take a measured approach. There is, there are multiple sides to the position. And if you aren't interested in hearing, really hearing the other side, then maybe you're not just not interested in having a conversation, which is okay. But then, you know, don't expect anyone else to listen back, right? Let's just, you know, reciprocal communication is the whole point of uh, communication, right? So,
1: yeah, it's still, like the only even final thought I have on the whole thing is like if you yeah. find yourself surrounded by people who agree with you on everything all the time, it's a very dangerous place to <laughs> so, be. Sure, Sure. Um it's, a, it's also a very hard thing to like break out of because right. kind of lose sight of what reasonable things are. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. a required life skill if you live in North Carolina to Sure. be able to be
0: around people you disagree with. But sure, Absolutely. Online and, and different. And you're like a really um analytical person right like you know that's like your brain works in that way is that yeah i definitely dumped all
1: my stats but in basically
0: yeah yeah because like i know that like the way that you approach it especially like when it comes to like like your article about um uh the swiss game stuff um which then Mm -hmm. you implemented in worlds um uh and you know the recent article that you just put out about sos and what it means like you really want to heavily focus on data and what that means right Is...
1: yeah like processes and procedures and but not in the like organizational sense but in the like i don't it's i have i really struggle like describing software development terms to people that are like way outside of the industry but it's like that's okay you can tell you it know, to me and i'll you it a... for them yeah, it's like, you know, you can build a process and that process is a thing, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you make a tournament format, you're not making some tangible thing, but it is like an object that has properties that you can do analysis on and figure out what works and what doesn't, sure. and
0: blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, I think any any system, I mean, for, for for the non-programmers, any system has room for optimization, but it also has things that define it, that that make it better than other systems, right? So like, you know... Uh, ordering tickets moving tickets online has advantages to uh going to the theater and and ordering tickets but also there are disadvantages and what you want to do is maximize the advantages and minimize the disadvantages right
1: right and yeah the interesting thing is it seems like back to tribalism so i'm so sorry but like um it seems like somewhere in the process things get abstract enough that kind of tribal teams form so like yeah I uh, if I have a one-on-one conversation with somebody it's really easy to have like pretty in-depth conversations about stuff like why strength of schedule works and MOV doesn't as a tiebreaker right and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of a lot of that breaks people's intuitions especially if they came from miniatures games that use MOV as a tiebreaker because well I don't even want to get into it <laughs> but, um right like you know you can have an in-depth conversation and You know maybe not change somebody's mind but demonstrate why things are the way they are and they will eventually come to understand the reasons that like it works better they might disagree with why like with what better means but not how like what the actual outcome is Mm -hmm. um but i find that as soon as you're talking to a group of people those kind of conversations are impossible uh, which sucks and i don't have a good solution for so yeah i mean if you've got ideas because yeah like i found um one of the reasons that like, killed the whole Crate podcast is like I eventually got around looping to hearing people repeat the things that I or we or whatever said, clearly not understanding why what the thing they were saying was true. And like there's nothing more painful than hearing someone argue that's on your team and just wishing that they would stop.
0: <laughs> mm, mm. Speaking of what, <laughs> I. I, so I actually, this is a good segue to get us off of the tribalism topic and back onto to um, more uh, fun topics. Although I guess maybe mm-hmm. tribalism is fun for us. Um, the Crate Podcast. So like, that's a thing. Like, when did that? So because it's really funny because you started actually only a few months before I did. But like, it mm-hmm. felt like the, the Crate Podcast had been forever by the time that I found right. it like so where yeah. did that come from like how did that start
1: so it's a it's a sad story actually so uh when we started playing x-wing we when i started playing x-wing um i was playing a lot with uh ben keller who you probably know or know of mm-hmm. um who used until very recently he just moved to chicago but used to live here and uh tyler barnett and uh you know we were playing x-wing and uh they were both veteran players that were very good and i was not so mm-hmm. um This is long before we started the podcast or whatever. So, you know, they dragged me to tournaments and had me meet people and stuff. I was like, oh, this community is actually really cool if some moron has no idea what they're doing. Like me is, you know, invited and, you know, like painstakingly shown why things are good, why they're not, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's very neat, you know, met a lot of people. Um, And then my dog got cancer. Oh no. So I wanted something to take my mind off of that stuff. So I was like, hey, look, like, a lot of the podcasts for X, well a lot of the way information X week gets out kind of sucks right like mm-hmm. there was nova squadron radio which was kind of i mean to be blunt like legendarily boring and often Never inaccurate it. yeah yeah I, uh, I don't mean like it's like i say that the sad thing is it's like it's not even like a dunk everyone involved there if you talk to them was like yeah i was bored but there was nothing else and then <laughs> um, there was at the time the minock squadron thing and it was yep. a lot better um but I hope D is listening to this. D just made up lots of shit and just passed it off as true all the time, as did all their like interviewees. But like that makes sense. In a, I, like, a I don't. I don't think TV. they passed
0: it off as true. I think D knew that he was. Uh... You give
1: so much credit to D. Uh, but yeah, like there's a lot of like I don't even know how else to put it other than like old wives' tales of like. People not understanding why they were winning the games that they were winning and like misattributing well, it to random
0: things. Well well, to be fair, like there is a lot of general misinformation in the game. Yes. And and it's not like we can decisively prove those things away. So mm-hmm. and honestly, we're dealing with a dice game and there's just inherently people who just believe in dice luck. Right. right. So, yeah, exactly. There's so, it's,
1: it is legitimately difficult to uh like piece to especially first edition. It can yeah. be really hard to tell when you actually lost the game because a lot of the time it was before you even set up like oh, I'm playing this list, it's bad. My opponent's playing a real list. I lost. None of my decisions past that mattered, right? Sure. And it's really hard to like for people to grasp that. It's like, no, you had no chance this game uh, cuz you were playing a bunch of like B-wings with 20 points of upgrades on them. There was nothing you could have done. How do you
0: feel about when you have to play a player who has a list that is really bad (laughs) and you have to play them because they ask you and you don't want to crush their spirits because the, the chances are they're playing a really bad list because they just don't know any better, which usually means that they're a new player. How do you deal deal with it? I know how I deal with it, but how do you deal with it? Yeah,
1: so it depends. Um, Up until like the past month or two, just because it was busy with all the random tournaments that we were running, um, Mm I always just had a, uh, like a, I don't want to say bad list. It wasn't like actively bad, but like not incredible, not like super S plus tier meta thing, which is what I always play otherwise, because I like winning. Um, But, you know, just some stuff like here's, Juno Eclipse type stuff right or like here's Juno and Merrick and like I don't know a Reaper with bad upgrades you know stuff like that and then I eventually swapped that over to just like cool I don't even have to like make a bad list anymore I can just grab 20 points of random standard loadouts and like it won't be the best list in the game but it'll at least be reasonable and it's fine right and just play that and then probably still win by a lot anyways because they're a new player but at least you know it wasn't based on some crazy card combo that they watch happen and go, oh, okay, cool. Well, this is dumb, and I hated every second of it because I didn't understand what was going to happen. Because as I'm sure you found, if you try to explain to them, like, "Hey, this is what I've got to play today. If you want to play, I'm in." Just as a heads up, like, "This is how this wins, so don't let me do this." They will not understand what you mean, and you'll walk over them, and it'll feel really bad.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I, for my part, um, this is this is my strategy: is I will. Uh, I will play at seventy yep. percent, and and then and then give them the opportunities to win, but not just hand it to them. So they've yeah, got. Yeah, to... you
1: take a lot of fun decisions, like oh, I could just barrel roll here and not trade shots, or I could take some horrific trade for me, but you know, stuff will happen and it's fine.
0: Well, I don't. I'm not. That's to me. That's like taking. this deliberately like falling on your sword. I would that's say more like. Okay. I would say. Um, I would take I would take plays that would either blow out or they would like So, you know like doing like a four K when the, the safe moves are too hard, right? Right. Yeah. So so like things that oh, like interesting. W-
1: I would consider that ending way harder than on inefficient actions. Interesting. Okay. Well, because
0: it's like it's like you know, um, a lot of the decision making is like oh well like let me you know do the thing that is either um, completely efficient or let me do the thing that has like a high risk reward right right so yeah, I so you. i go for i go for more high risk rewards instead of more safe plays which is like good data for me still it's not cuz the thing the thing that's to me that's important is that i should still get something valuable out of it as well so mm-hmm. being able to practice some of these like high high risk high reward plays and being able to see like what that looks like and how that feels and determine like oh what really is the what really is the outcome after playing in how do i feel about that And internalizing that to me is as a player is very valuable, but you don't want to do that in a situation where you're in a high stakes tournament, right? Because then then it feels worse, right? So for me, like I take those plays because then I'm getting something out of valuable. I'm giving the opponent a a great chance to actually win, right? Um, And then at the end of the game, I always try to think of some oh, well, what's one thing that one thing that they can do to improve the list, not tell them that everything is bad because um, I also think some of my opinions are subjective, even though I have a, like a lot of experience at this point. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that your opinions are not infallible. It's, it's specifically yours, not the general you. Yours are bad. Everyone else's are great. But yeah, like, because I I know what you mean. Because oftentimes, like, I I am a big fan of extreme maneuvers. I think that card is absolutely bonkers, even at eight mm-hmm. points. It, uh, is it eight now? Seven? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, up there, uh, is probably one of the best cards in the game if not the best card in the game sure in terms of like upgrades sure. but i'm not going to tell that to some new player who's like well you're saying you her- you're about? saying
0: heroic is not the best card in the game
1: <laughs> i had a funny uh what's it called like i can't remember who it was already because nova is a flash but uh somebody mm-hmm. like heroic blanks into blanks and i laughed and was like yeah well you know rip bozo type deal mm-hmm. and uh, uh and he was like yeah i know you hate heroic and i was like Man, I only hated heroic when the it was an opportunity cost versus a bid, right? Like <laughs> it's fine. Now it's not I wouldn't label it yeah. as like particularly good, but you know, yeah. it's whatever. It's like brilliant evasion. Like, yeah, it doesn't cost you your bid anymore, so I don't have nearly as strong of feelings.
0: Yes. I think that's the I think it's the real big difference between one point oh, two point oh is like when or sorry, two point oh, two point five, 'cause I guess there was yeah, still bids in two point oh. But the i think people forget how much bits skewed values of stuff and how that influenced like so much of the game right uh right yeah and i mean i want to talk about the new stuff so like we're getting close to the 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 segment switch anyways so that's it's not a big deal but
1: um oh here let me um i'll finish story time real quick then oh yeah sure yeah, yeah where i was no so we were like okay well we want to start a bunch of community stuff cuz there's something cool going on here so we started our podcast but it was very much a like very irreverent like gamer culture thing cuz I come I came from competitive starcraft and like video games which if mm-hmm. you played those or sorry video games and card games if you played those for people that come from I mean I'm going to very rudely say like real competitive things, Uh, the attitudes and cultures around like fighting games, Starcraft, League of Legends, blah, 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 are very different than what you're gonna find in miniatures games. Um, But it's because there's a significantly higher portion of people that are there to win. And there's a lot more, because of that, there's a lot more banter and shit talk. uh, Most of which is in good fun, right? Um, Like, you know, you talk a whole bunch of shit while you're losing, for example, because it's funny. But that all in X Wing was and probably still is, you know, very Mm -hmm. rude, very braggadocious, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, kind of actively choosing to play like to be a heel. um, Because at least at the time, I think X Wing had a problem where people wouldn't say what they really thought or how they really felt because for whatever reason, the like cultural norm was like, oh, you lost, you know, it's just your dice, you did nothing wrong, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you lost that game because you're bad, your decisions were bad, and I'm way better than you, right? And you can right. obviously say that like laughing while you do it and make it obvious that it's a joke, but that doesn't mean it's always going to land.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, that's great. Right. then, we're talking about jokes because we're, now we're going into my favorite part. Um, the thing that, honestly, the reason why I want to start the podcast is because we're going to do the ad read, which is not real ads. Um, so... Wow, spoilers. Yeah, well, you know, this is episode zero, so we can do whatever we want, and uh, <laughs> when we go, when when once it becomes a thing, then uh, then it'll be fine. Um, so this this podcast was brought to you by the Crate Podcast, which is now defunct and is only toxic when compared to X-Wing. Feel free to chime in on any of these if you want to like throw in your own thing. It's this episode was yeah. also brought to you by tribalism, which is unfortunately a thing.
1: Oh, your side didn't come in, so I got you. Wait, why not? Sorry, no. <laughs> so I had a, uh, I had to get surgery on my tongue a couple months ago for a yeah. thing, but it means that like I slur like every five hundredth word I say, so I just sound like an absolute moron like every hour, and it drives me insane.
0: Yeah, this podcast is also brought to you by Chris Allen's slur, which he thinks is makes him sounds like a moron, but literally no one else even notices it.
1: Well, yeah, because he always sounds like a good morning. I thought you were going a very different direction. It seems mm-hmm. you said Chris Allen's slur, which I respected. But I thought it was gamer <laughs> word hour. Uh
0: huh. Um, yeah. And uh, finally, this podcast is brought to you by Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, because, you know, that's also dead.
2: <laughs> no, just rub it in. It's fine. <laughs>
0: I'll, take it. Uh,
1: okay. so, uh, no, I'll um, have you know there are dozens mm-hmm. of people playing private servers okay it's alive in our hearts
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you also play Final Fantasy 4- uh, 11 right
1: hey. <laughs> Did- you played right hang on I gotta it's plushie time
0: oh you have a All plushie right, got, like, okay like,
1: multiple plushies okay oh you got, got... you got
0: crab you got a crab we got the crab the, hu- the hero of the dunes yeah the, val- the Valcrum dunes yes
1: easiest XP in the universe and we have a Kraken
0: Club. Oh yes. The um the most ups obs- like obnoxiously overpowered weapon in the game. Like yes. for the stupidest reason.
1: The meme <laughs> joke weapon that accidentally was the best weapon in the game. They yeah. You love yeah.
0: yes yes. Um kind of like X-Wing strategy actually. Um <laughs>
1: In fact, like funnily enough, like a lot of competitive games, it's funny watching like card games come out because you can see mm-hmm. them like try to be designed with certain metas or whatever. Oh, but yes. inevitably, there's always like two cards that like absolutely break the game in half. That's you... actually what everyone
0: plays. Do you know about anything about Hearthstone? Um, uh,
1: an embarrassing amount. Yeah. Okay,
0: great. So you're gonna remember the story when um, Disguised Coast broke the one card that uh, lets you play additional cards and just spawn like every. Sorry, it plays every. Um, yeah every battle cry. Death ra- battle cry or death rattle no death rattle yeah every death rattle and then he just he just made it to a point where uh he uh broke the game like the game client
1: because yeah, the animations would take longer than turns and the game would start crashing so you do it and then your opponent would get disconnected <laughs> and then you would just win yes
0: yes yes, yes.
1: god's chosen way to win games <laughs> i agree
0: yes yes um uh it was so strong that it created memes um
1: Yes, and the latter was unplayable for a couple of days until yes. they hot fixed the game. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. I mean, it was horrible, but it was hilarious.
0: Yes, yes. Um. Uh. Anyways, so yes, I want to do the next segment. The final segment, maybe seven. I don't. Know. We're gonna we're gonna keep going until you or I get bored, and then we're gonna call call it quits. And the but
1: worst possible, way, I'd be like mid sentence. You know what? I'm bored. I'm out of here. I <laughs> like just it. I <laughs> just leave the call. <laughs> yeah, just hang up. Shut up, um, Chris. you really still well, talking. So
0: here's here's my because here's my vision is that this podcast is for people who have like, an like a 45 minute commute, and they can like listen to the first half, get to the ad read, and then finish off with that and then go to work, and then come back, and then that's like X, we can do on the way home, right? True. It's, yeah. like... it's
1: funny, because I always felt bad whenever we would do things where absolute just waste of time. Like, we'd get on some tangent about, you know, like, you know, instead of, like, our two-minute Hearthstone tangent, like, mm-hmm. Paul and I'd be talking about the Hearthstone meta for just, like, an hour and a half, and just totally derail any semblance of regular conversation. But after we put those episodes out, those were always the ones where I got, like, private messages and stuff that were like, this was my favorite episode you've done in a long time. Yeah. I don't even know anything about Hearthstone. I just have a five hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like, oh, all
0: right. I think I think people wanna to listen to X Wing related content, but really most people for most people, they know a lot of X Wing stuff already. And so like giving them some additional knowledge base while also being something related to the hobby that they care about is what Honestly, I, I that's why I listen to Fly Better, if I'm gonna be honest. Right, yeah, it's not because D or or um or uh Ryan had like incredibly like detailed takes that I'm like super into, although they do have those from time to time, right? It was more that when they're talking, it's the fun listening to them, and I just like it's like t- listening to two friends chatting while you're in the car, yeah. it's like feels good, man, right?
1: Yeah, it builds some like sense of community, I think, for some like, better lack of. <laughs> To use my words good for a better lack of a better way to put it. It's like, you know, if I'm listening to well, Ryan D, may they rest in peace, talk about you know um, they are dead.
0: They're not dead.
1: No longer exist. You hate to see it. Any anytime you see them now, it is an AI replication of them. Chat GPT in a human bodysuit.
0: Ryan is like living his best life now. He's like married and nope. he's like doing no, all sorts well, yeah, of no, cool really stuff. Dead. And he's Going to tournaments and playing in them? like It's true. You in know fact, what? Yeah. I have
1: to... Of those two, so B yeah. went to a tournament with the flu and got everyone sick a long time ago, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I was very proud at Gen Con, made the cut and then messaged me that morning and was like, hey, I am too sick. I'm not going to make it. I don't want to get everyone sick. So yeah. mm. one of those two is very responsible and I'm very impressed.
0: Well, I have historically a very strong negative opinion of Diyun. So good yes as you right you you know that he's literally the worst so yes um and ryan is an angel so i think we can
1: well all right let's not get carried away but he's pretty cute
0: well comparatively
1: that is um yeah but i mean okay everybody's cute
0: (laughs) um oh they're gonna have a lot of fun if they listen to this episode um <laughs> it's like d's like why am i catching strays
1: <laughs> he knows he knows what he did it is my i don't think he does job. i don't think he does the man. best part is for like a year and a half ryan absolutely fucking hated my guts because he didn't mm-hmm. realize that we were joking about everything the whole time Yeah. so uh it took like two years later uh like into the whole crate not two years like maybe a year probably about a year and a half where uh we were at some event and i was roasting myself because i was flaming out or you know the equivalent yeah. he was like wait you guys are joking I was like yes okay <laughs> let's let's uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's make
0: that like perfectly clear because i actually think there's a lot of people who don't realize that oh i'm sure yes yeah like for so anyone who's listening who hates chris allen No one hates Chris Allen more than Chris Allen. So, well, same team, actually, same team. Yes.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot has changed since then. I think the addition change, uh, for whatever reason, I got put as the poster boy, especially in the like very competitive scene. For like, uh, I was told multiple times that I told AMG everything to do and I was ruining the game, which is certainly a take. Um, I've also been told that I'm on their
0: payroll and mm-hmm. they tell me what to do which okay would be nice but uh okay yeah, are I, you ruining the game cuz that would be that would be a really hot take that would get a lot of views if we could get a confirmation I've, of that
1: yes i am doing everything in my power which is very little to destroy x league
0: <laughs> oh, it's so funny i mean yeah, look I, so so here's the thing right let me let me let's let's just put it all on the table right there is a lot of like you know Hush hush because there's you know closed doors, people are doing stuff, and people, if you're not in the know, then you get the feeling that you're being excluded, and so you like you make assumptions, yep. and it, so that's a lot of that just is gonna exist, right? Um, and like you know, people come to yeah, they draw conclusions and they make their own thing, right? I mean, people think that yeah, I have really a direct line to AMG, and I don't. Um, in fact, right. I would like one, but I don't. Um, Right.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I mean, like you said, a lot of people didn't realize they were joking, and it it never really bothered me when people didn't get the mm-hmm. joke. Right. It like, it's fine. Yeah. Whenever you're like doing something satirical, there's always some percentage of people that's like sure. going to mistake it for the real thing, which I like. It kind of means you're doing a good job with your satire, even. Um, obviously, it's very counterproductive because it means they take the things you say seriously. So, like, uh, like one old first edition drama is. Uh, God. Oh
0: bring uh, Oh let's let's go let's go raise up all, all those old skeletons. Yeah. This is where yeah, the no, juice is uh, gonna come in.
1: I said something to the effect of like I absolutely I was reading some tournament results and I butchered some person's name and um you know said something to the effect of in like a southern drawl afterwards like yeah sorry I only speak American and uh you know the next day I woke up to like some areas like local Facebook on fire for how these like horrible racists or whatever had done it it was like oh (laughs) they didn't realize the joke was like making fun of the dumb ignorant southerners that can't pronounce things. like I get it this is an irreparable problem right so like it is what it is uh but you know yeah but uh the weird thing now is uh I get so to be clear at a high level, I am shocked by, especially given the, like, very trolly history that I have, I'm shocked by how, like, nice everyone is. Because, uh, yeah. like, you know, definitely ruffled a lot of feathers. And a lot of it was on purpose, yeah. right? It's Especially in first edition, like, the way to get things fixed was to break them as hard as possible and force them to be fixed. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. we had the whole, like, win a store championship with an illegal list, get a trophy type stuff, right? Which is like, yeah, yeah that yeah. made people's lives legitimately harder and sure it was obviously in pursuit of a goal which was make teos actually do their damn job and check lists but mm-hmm. like ruffled more than a few feathers so like i 100 percent was expecting a lot of blowback and hate and blah 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 for that and it yeah, seems yeah, yeah. like you know that is finally worn off the what's weird to me or i mean it's not weird anymore because it's been going on for a long time uh what's weird to me now is like there's a lot of hate because uh, especially after the um the amg not amg takeover the amg like big game rework announcements Mm -hmm. um because like you said there's all this hush hush blah 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 stuff um yeah like i kind of ended up as the the like i don't even want to say target person or whatever because like i mostly keep my mouth shut online until like this week basically uh, about unrelated stuff but like uh you know, like, I, I would see people would send me messages like, hey, here's some stuff being said about you. And it's like, this stuff is insane.
2: <laughs> like,
1: you know, I was mentioning earlier, like, uh, like being on AMG's payroll and paying me to do things or, like, actively trying to destroy the game. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm playing, like, 14 hours a day of Final Fantasy Eleven and paying no attention to anything actually related and haven't in the past, like, six months, like, at that point, like, over COVID and everything. I'm like, what is happening? Are you guys okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that was really weird is like i honestly i'm still not used to like i i am used to doing things that make people hate me and as long as i actually did them like i don't mind uh mm-hmm. it's very odd getting hate and everything for stuff that i don't even know about sure
0: but now you're one of the big pillars of the community
1: yeah i mean it's does it feel carrying
0: I, x-wing on your heavy on your on your wide shoulders
1: because so, like, i know how it feels for me
0: how it feels for me yeah. so how does it feel for you
1: i um those <laughs> i know you're joking right obviously but those kind of attitudes i think are really bad <laughs> but it used to drive me crazy and it still does uh I'm you know on the other side of the fence you know now. i'm
0: i'm i'm not actually joking though because like like so i'm joking because like not really carrying anything on our shoulders but right yeah but I, also I, I get what you mean There's but also a lot of nuance to what you're joking about, if like i, you if, do, I left, you do if i left if i left. It'd be shambles right now.
1: Yeah, especially in the short term, right? So, like, yeah. let's say I'll use you as an example because it feels weird to talk about myself. So, let's say tomorrow you say, I don't care about this whole X thing. I'm moving on with life, right? Which would be totally understandable. You don't know yep. anything to anybody, right? Yep. Whatever. Um, it'd be okay, cool. Well, Andre at a would high be level, sweating bullets. Yeah, right. <laughs> at a high level, uh, there are other YASB people contributing, but obviously the majority of the work, at least my understanding is, falls to you. Yeah. Uh, To get things done, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's all your hosting and GitHub and stuff, and blah, blah, blah. So at a minimum, like a bunch of people would be scrambling to try to figure out one, who's going to be like the primary point of contact for YASB. How do you want to handle this? It probably would fall out of date, you know, kind of like some of the XWS struggles that have happened in the past year or so, is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the maintainers have moved on with life. Um, Except Mm -hmm. YASB is much like when XWS breaks and people's like, Discord bot announcements don't work correctly. Like, yeah, it sucks, but you know, it's not like an active inhibition on people playing. But mm-hmm. if Yasby goes down or go like, you know, if you just shut it down tomorrow, it's like that would seriously impact a lot of people. And yeah, it yeah. would for a while. Like it's yeah. not like you're irreplaceable and it would be broken forever, but it's like it would be, you know, like people that put a lot of time investment into things are reasonably yeah. rare and someone would eventually come to replace it, but you know, like there would be damage done in the interim. Yeah. I um,
0: it would be it would be uh it would be catastrophic for three months well so right. it would be it would be though if i wanted to do maximum impact damage <laughs> actually i would leave right before uh a points update yeah a major points correct. update or a major release and then just vanish yeah, just and shut it down. Yep. And shut everything or down just dis- destroy it the euros wrong, right oh yeah yeah now that would be would worse incorrect points in there and then yeah, go in yeah. MIA and don't and let then anybody disappear because right? yes. the thing is too that like um well, actually, so actually, what would actually happen? I know is what would actually happen is someone would do a fork, and they would just do the correct values, and then some. It would percolate through the, the Facebook groups and stuff like that. This is the, no, yeah. the new the new one now. This this is what we're doing to do, but it would be it would be very tough because for the next like two months after that everything else needs to percolate and update to like switch yeah, over exactly. and it would like it would like really make things like confusing for a long time because also a lot of people would just be like everyone's response is like oh if you need to go do something go to yasby um uh or launch bay next if you're on mobile right um
1: yep yeah so i think uh at a high level it's probably a similar case for me but the ways that things break are much less ugly Uh, in a much longer run, so like if I died tomorrow, right? I have no doubt that, like, basically everybody that was a part of worlds could pick up the slack and it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, if they had the time, the problem is we're all you know juggling time to try to make sure that those events happen and get planned and blah 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 the way they do. So, just by losing a sixth of the manpower or whatever, a lot's gonna go away. And for better or worse, I have like I'm the face of a lot of that stuff just because. Uh, i used to have the platform i mean it killed it but
0: yeah when like, are you gonna uh, bring crate I Crate podcast back
1: I, I don't think it's coming back
0: do we do we I, need uh, a do we need another pet to get cancer is that is, wait is that does that joke just... too dark is that too dark <laughs> i'm sorry if it's too dark
1: <laughs> i uh no it's fine the okay. uh, the funny thing is like i've been playing around with some like longer form content because um like i mentioned earlier like it's It's really frustrating watching people repeat the things you say without understanding them. So it's like, okay, well, my interests, even in X-wing, which is already a niche, are are like very a small niche. Past that, right? Like I like tournament statistics and you know playing competitively. And the majority of the player base isn't competitive. And by that, I don't mean like they aren't good. Like they're good at the game, or varying degrees of good. But they're not. Like if you said, hey, you can win 100% of the games you play next month, and you're going to have zero fun playing them, and you're going to hate every second, they would choose to not do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you gave me that option, I would say yes, I will win 100% of my games. Right, because
0: winning is more important than fun.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. like there that optimization and figuring out how to win is the fun part for me. Not the. I mean, the the game itself is fun, but it's like the yeah so the strategy yeah, yeah. You, and the thought process around it is the more like fun
0: the better. idea for uh, this is really good because actually I think that um, people who don't understand competitive players are going to really under kind of maybe get under- a good understanding from this so if, and just reiterate it you tell me if I'm wrong or right right yeah basically the competitive mindset is I want to period a hypothesis of how to win and I'm going to take the steps to then win and the fun is the hypothesis. it's basically making your right. prediction like calling your shot and then you make your shot right yep. unfortunately in order to successfully call your shot you need to like play a ton of games in many tournaments and win events and kind yep. of not have a good time while you're doing it but but it, it ends up being worth it because you feel justified in your decision making because you thought because I called my shot you know it was like uh, it was like a, a court a full court shot from across the way and I was blindfolded and you know, but but I made it and I was in, and I'm I'm badass for doing it. that. That feeling, of yeah. satisfaction. So, like,
1: as a direct example, I mean, I don't even mm-hmm. know if you remember so long ago. Um, uh, in first edition, when like these squads with like Captain Rex, Wolfaro, Jess, mm-hmm. and whatever the other ship in there was, I don't remember. Fairship problems. Yeah, 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 right. So people were playing that, and um, they mm-hmm. were doing pretty well, but they were making really, really bad, stupid decisions, and like you mm-hmm. know. Going out into the middle of the board, getting surrounded by aces, and still barely Mm -hmm. managing to lose the game because that stuff was so outrageously good at not taking damage. So, uh, you know, I had a hypothesis at the time, which was like, you could just never leave the edge of the board, and uh, you it would be impossible to lose because there's enough time in the game to hurt you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I said that pretty publicly and vitriolically, as I tend to do and uh, said you know like what are you guys doing blah 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 and people were like no it's not that good so then I went to Gen Con and just took it and literally just fortressed in the corner of the board right just forced people to joust it and then but like just conceded to a friend in the cut of Gen Con because it was like this is stupid and the point is proven and then like the Mm -hmm. game wasn't fun anymore until that got fixed so you couldn't just do Mm -hmm. that because it was like well this is solved we tried to beat it with a bunch of stuff and couldn't so it's like if somebody can find a way to do it then like that person's not me and i just have to wait for them to figure it out and until then there's there is no more x-wing because there's nothing to do
0: right right so why do you hate fun <laughs> yeah. well right but i mean like that's the thing yeah.
1: it's, uh, it's really hard to communicate because people hear what you said at first and we're like oh yeah you make a hypothesis blah 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 and their thought of a hypothesis is like oh yeah i want to play I really like Suntrefell, so I'm going to start yeah, yeah. my list with Suntrefell. I can make a Suntrefell
0: list, list that wins, and that's not your thinking.
1: Yeah, right. No, it's not I can make a Suntrefell list that wins. It's these, this particular way of interacting with the game, take my opponent's decision-making entirely out of it, and I can remove my opponent from the game and play a game of yes, Solitaire, yes. much like the Hearthstone Crashing example. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And if I can do that, then I always win, so I'm going to do that.
0: All right. So you're saying you're Disguised yeah. Toast.
1: I mean, I think disguised Toast is an archetype of people. But yeah, basically. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Okay. Well, so, he was I mean...
1: an exceptionally... Well, it was. I mean, he's still around. I don't know that he plays Hearthstone anymore. But... uh. I mean, he's he even more... An, well, he's even a big more streamer fun. these days. He's really? a huge yeah, he streamer now. He's, he
0: owns eSports teams. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, like, he is a, a particularly brilliant example of somebody who's yeah. in that camp. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's like, you know, the, the act of deconstructing is in of itself a, a very fun process right um even though the consequences can be unfun and i think that maybe the the challenge for people who aren't in that mindset is that your your fun has devastating consequences for everybody (laughs) else right well
1: it's funny because like as another direct example uh you played squadrons right i remember yes Um, yes eventually we optimized squadrons to the point where it was like you're a moron forever shooting at another player yes and
0: you have to you have to hard rush the objectives because yes, um, you right. couldn't shoot. You can't kill anything, and if you could kill it, it wouldn't matter because they blown up your credit, forget in that time period.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. And if your opponent was so bad that you could kill them, then it doesn't matter because they're bad enough that you can do whatever you want and win the game. So who cares? Yeah. yeah.
0: So right, yes. like
1: you know, all the fun got optimized out of that, and optimizing the fun out was a very fun process. But then the yes. game you were left with afterwards was in fact yes. miserable. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like, oh, okay. Well, this game's ruined. I'm, so let's move on.
0: I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for maybe another two years when all of the good players will have moved on. And then I'll come back <laughs> and then just play non-optimally. And then have it. And squad will be fun again.
1: <laughs> you can do that now. Um, so all the competitive people that play squadrons. Well, uh, we're using competitive very uh, generously there. Sure. Uh, play in like scheduled times where they like meet up on the weekends. So if you just uh-huh. hit find a dogfight, you're going to. Because there is the fleet battles queue doesn't work anymore. If you just hit play right. dogfight, like, you know, the five versus five you know, no objective, just kill each other. Yeah. You're going to play against a bunch of people that are playing on Game Pass and have no idea what they're doing or right. are just farming out achievements in multiplayer and have no idea what they're doing. And oh. you will feel like a very bad person. Because you're getting, at like 30 O's. You, yeah, you're going to kill like 30 people and not ever die. <laughs> mm-hmm. I,
0: um, I was showing, this is just before the collapse of Squadrons, I was showing at the time my my studio, the game we were playing and um and they were all beginners and i was playing 1v4 and right. and
1: and not even breaking a sweat right like i think i
0: took like two deaths easy. so it's like wow cringe
1: what are you doing come on
0: well i i don't um i, I wasn't i wasn't trying to do the broken like oh you actually can't yeah, hit I me gotcha. because of the the game is like i was just like doing it on pilot skill yeah right I gotcha. so it's like and and then like i was flying not my non-my not my normal ships as well so it's like it's like okay so no A-wing, no tie interceptor. So like let's see. Let's see what else happens, right? Well,
1: wow. A-Wings and Tie Interceptors, the wholesome days when you were allowed yeah, to be yeah. players. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Right. <laughs> um when th- those original tournaments like were so much fun, actually. They were I really wish incredible. I really wish we could uh, I really wish there was a like um either like they fixed squadrons so that like it like was fun again, or if they make a squadrons too, um Something because it was like it was uh, honestly some of the best competitive online play that I've ever had.
1: Yeah, it was. I think that experience uh, is probably the most fun I've ever had in my life, and I don't, I don't think it will ever be matched again, which is a really weird thing to say. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, here it's actually here. Is my background is there is the squadrons chair uh, slash nice. that is sadly now very dusty because the only have, uh... you can play is absolutely
0: bullying. I have a week left I have to get I have to find some time but there I have a VR I have a quest pro I have access to a Mm -hmm. quest pro I don't but but I want to try it with the VR because it's better resolution it's a more comfortable headset and like I I did I have a I had a quest one that I did it and it was like okay but that's
1: a world of difference though
0: it sure is so I I want to try that before I have to give it back Um, I just have to find time because Unfortunately, this happens to be the year that all of the good games got released in like a three month window, yeah. so uh, it's kind of tough, yeah. It's actually we'll to see
1: crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a uh, the Reverb G2, which you know was the pioneer of high resolution headsets, it's nothing special now, you know. I mm-hmm. think like the Quest 3 will probably have a better screen than it does, for example, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. the Quest Pro is up there too. I mean, once you could get a GPU that could actually power the thing that was, I mean, like they could, could and should, or whatever, get like computers running VR squadrons up in like Disney world. as like an attraction and people would do it. It is actually oh, just incredible. I think that would
0: be, I think that would be extremely, extremely successful if Disney ever, like, cause the thing is too, it wouldn't even have to be true VR. You just put a Good. cockpit. Just have them sit in a cockpit and have the screens like just cover the cockpit screens. Yeah. And you're solid, and it can just be running squadrons, and you're just going to be solid.
1: It's it, but it, yeah, it's actually if it, if you have access to a VR headset and have uh, like a PS5 or a PC that can like power a VR headset, you owe it to yourself to boot squadrons up and even just go screw around in training mode. The well, like do the campaign. I'm just, do the campaign. Yeah but i'm i'm just even if you're like i don't know how to control i'm terrible at video games blah 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 just go okay. into the training mode and just sit in your a wing or your TIE fighter or whatever and just look around and just do yeah. basic controls for 20 or 30 minutes is a mind blowing experience just fly
0: yeah. you know what actually you know maybe we should uh we should talk about this like you and i should like out, off off podcast i'm like, trying to figure this out is um maybe we should try to figure out a way to do like, like speed speed run trial uh trial trial speed trials right in like the like the various maps yeah there is a there's a community of people
1: that do that they have like courses and stuff built i know very little of the details but that yeah. is a thing that exists and i know they have a lot of fun that so, would be a lot yeah. of
0: fun because the flying part is honestly the most fun part
1: yeah it is the most satisfying movement in any game that's ever been made. yeah, yeah.
0: that's fun. why the game is so fun like shooting is like fine and it honestly feels good to shoot stuff but the drifting is a in of itself like part of the fun yeah yeah okay sorry that's enough of a squadrons uh detour no never enough i mean yeah uh, but i checked but my also. play
1: history for squadrons for like the five months that the game was playable and it was like 1400 hours in three months or whatever yeah, it's yeah. like oh it's my god a lot it's
0: time to go outside yeah yeah um so let's talk about uh i alluded to this before but you are a troublemaker you were a troublemaker you uh like you you posted two posts, the central schedule one is the the lesser of the two troublemaker posts, but even that I think is gonna cause a bit of a stink. yeah I
1: think um yeah, I don't even know that so you're right, so yeah, I did post two things that are gonna make at least some well the first one made a lot of people mad, sure uh, the second one will people will have very strong feelings on, but it's meant to be like an educational thing but it's just people yes. don't want to hear uh people don't want to go to math class which is understandable sure but yeah like it's so like one of the weird harsh realities of life is that uh, you can't fix things without making people mad and uh because there are people that prefer the state of broken either because it's their preference or it benefits them uh it's it's impossible well i don't you know
0: you're you're making things sound more um uh more diabolical than they really are like a lot of time people don't want to change things not because of either of those reasons it's just because changes uh a lot of work
1: yeah they're used to whatever yep changes it's not
0: work. it's not not even that it's good or bad it's just it's changes work right and people are already kind of barely floating as it is and the last thing they want to do was rock the boat and upset and yet another thing right
1: right yeah and you know, yeah. here comes Chris with his big wrecking ball to come try to rebuild yeah. a new society, and I don't yeah. want to deal with it, which is understandable. This is
0: the this is the this is the the, the staying in the corner all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes, but yeah. you know, hopefully, in a yeah. I was going to say more fun way, but no, I don't think anything about X-Wing discourse online is fun right now. So, yeah.
0: Wait, so, okay, let me let me ask you this, because this is not related to the two things, but it just popped in my head. The, the change to worlds that you did, um, which I actually super liked, I know some people are on the fence about it, but I think that yeah. functionally, um, more Swiss days is a better experience. Um, is that, have you just convinced AMG that that's the format going forward for... So is, is a, that going to be the thing? Things.
1: Um, well, so this is going to sound really uh, like elitist. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a good way to phrase this. Sure. So, uh, Just gonna, give I'm me a hot take, take so stuff. I can make a clip
0: and then we can post yeah. it. And
1: so the like way to run tournaments and structural tournaments is not uh, a controversial topic. Uh, anyone coming in and it was like, "Hey, I need to run a tournament for two hundred people." how many rounds of swiss should i do what should the cut size be like these are known things with methodologies and like there's just a right answer and it's not the x plus 1 right so then um, you know there's variations on it for games and everything that makes sense sure. but like the way that um, like worlds was done or whatever is like that style of you know 9 10 ish rounds of swiss cut to top 8 is like the most standard, boring textbook way to run a competitive event sure. of any of all the textbook sure. events. And um I think Andrea has been on some Legion podcasts and announced that you know who she is and everything. The mm-hmm. the head of AMGOP is like has a competitive card game history, mm-hmm. so none of these conversations are like shocking to her because she mm-hmm. also has this background of I don't, like mm-hmm. again like the assholely part of this is me saying like real competitive things but that's not when i say real competitive i don't mean people that are good you're not at things. I mean, you're
0: not doing a very good job of like shutting off the the opinions of
1: well, you i know but like it's uh <laughs> yeah like it's, it's a, the funny thing is like you know you can read chris's wall of text that's like you know here's this is what people ought to do and why. It's really like a like that stuff is almost like a book report to people that come from those communities. it's like, if you go and ask, if you go tomorrow and try a science experiment, if you go and post in the Magic the Gathering subreddit and say, hey, I missed Cut, but I had better uh, game results than this guy who made Cut, who had his higher strength of schedule. That's dumb. I should have made Cut. Someone's going to respond to you and say, hey, dumb fuck. Like, no one cares that you went and beat four toddlers in Swiss. Meanwhile, the guy that had to play against Michael Jordan four times barely squeezed his way in the cut when he won three of those games, right? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the level of dismissiveness you're going to get. And, like, they're correct, and they're probably also correct in being that level of dismissive, assuming that you came in, you know, with heated things. It wasn't just like a, hey, what does strength of schedule mean type question? Uh Um, But, yeah, like, basically this stuff is all so far from controversial that it's not, like, it's not even a discussion point. Like, the the uh the 2019 worlds it was like cut to top i don't even 100 and something it was like yeah you look at that and you go like what is happening what is this yeah, how did yeah, we yeah. get here and it's like yeah. we got there on good intentions but yeah like way
0: off sides yeah, yeah. all right so the other thing that it is so controversial i'm not even we're not even going to talk about the other thing we're gonna talk around the other thing. That's how I don't even want to like. I don't think that would be a fun conversation. I don't think anyone wants to listen to that that conversation, right? But what I do want to talk about is like, why? What? Why did you decide to do that? Because that came out of nowhere. Like, why yeah, did well, you decide to be like? Why did? Why did you decide to be you again? Why did you do that?
1: Yeah. So that was a rare return to form. That's true. Uh, but. No, so it's been a problem multiple times in, at uh, like, even just at, like at Atomic Empire, somebody will show up with like some mm-hmm. 200 point list to play second edition old X Wing because they read some Reddit comment from someone who was going out of their way to misinform them to try to get, you know, the 11th legacy player or whatever. Um, and, you know, they're coming, they're wasting their time and they have no idea what's going on. They've been actively misled and it's just a headache. So, like, so that happened a couple times. And it's so it's stuff like Gen Con and Nova and everything. Um, When you're running events, you get a lot of perspective on people's opinions of X-Wing and where they're formed from. Mm -hmm. And not even X-Wing, just like whatever event you're running, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, because people come and ask like, oh, hey, I played X-Wing like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like just over the year or so, I've had people come and ask like, hey, you know, to the effect of like, hey, is the X-Wing Civil War still going on? And like, what are you talking about like, oh War. i went on reddit and yeah. uh you know there's all these people shit flinging back and forth about how you know people can't figure out what edition to play and you know and then you can see the surprise in their eyes like dude there's like 20 people that play second edition x-wing in the u.s like yeah whatever you see on the internet isn't indicative of reality like i maybe that's not the case in other countries i Can't pretend to live in them to have good answers for you. But, like, basically, there's just, and it's like, there's a lot of intent if I say there's an active misinformation campaign, because I think, um, I mean, you were talking about how I play Final Fantasy XI, right? I am mm-hmm. a moron playing on a classic server of Final Fantasy XI with my brother and some friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing on a classic server as the game was in 2003. So the all of the attacks I see against myself, which are like, Chris doesn't know what it's like to have a game he loves taken away from him. It's like, there's a there's a lot of irony there because uh, I promise mm-hmm. I've been there. But I think uh, a lot We did lot just of Mike... spend
0: uh, 10 minutes talking about Squadrons, so.
1: <laughs> right, Yeah. It, <laughs> But Squadrons isn't exactly parallel because it's like, we killed that game, right? Yeah, you it do did that to yourself. Into something. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah.
0: But taking but like, it away from yourself is also on brand with what uh, what you're talking about here. True.
1: But yeah, so like Star Wars Galaxies and Final Fantasy 11 really a lot of these like older MMOs are like, they mm-hmm. change to the point where they're no longer the original game. Um, and mm-hmm. the new game's not like bad or whatever, but the old one is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. It's like something that I miss, So I would go back and find ways to play them. Uh, so like, you know, this private server for Final Fantasy XI has, you know, a few thousand people that play, uh, Mm -hmm. like, religious zealots, which we are, which is cool, but, um, so, like, maybe it's just exposure to those communities, because I know that if I want, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, Chris, I want to, I saw, um, I saw an ad on YouTube for Final Fantasy XI, like, how do I play that? My response would never be, oh, here's what you should do. You should go download the client through some weird third-party site. You should sign up for this private server with no documentation for how to play anything or whatever, and then come play with us, the like people that are pretending it's 2003. It's like, hey, go to Square Enix's website. Here's how you make an account and go have fun, right? It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. The the person looking for that stuff isn't trying to find some weird people trying to live on their nostalgia. And like, live on their nostalgia sounds more dismissive than I even mean, but it's like, There is no, I know, and it's sad, but like this server that I'm playing for Final Fantasy 11 will eventually die. The player count will drop. It's a very group-based, like heavy, you know, if you want to kill a boss, you need 40 people or whatever, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're eventually going to drop under the threshold to do those things, and it'll be sad. And that's, but there's, there's no solution to that problem. I can't go spam read it enough and then people will magically decide they want to come play that because it's not mm-hmm. the supported version of the game anymore it's of course it's the past and it's going to slowly die and i think we're seeing a lot of people i mean basically come to terms with that and it sucks and i like i have a lot of empathy but that doesn't mean that you know like large parts of the internet for x-wing should be unusable because yeah people are coming to terms with things
0: isn't it weird maybe I'm going to catch some scuff for this, but isn't it weird that we already had that happen in 1.0 and, like, nobody learned their lesson when we switched from 2.0 to 2.5 about that, right? Like, you know, I know that people will make the argument that, oh, the game was in a much different, like, a worse place in 1.0, whereas in 2.0 was really good place. But that's not right. what it looked like from my perspective, right? Like... I, yeah. think, I think the slow decline of player base in 1.0 was very similar to where we were at the end of 2.0, um, despite the meta being in a really good place. And that, that has nothing to do with the state of the game. It has everything to do with the state of Star Wars, right? Um, yeah,
1: well, it's that. And um, so I saw a really, actually, a really good, insightful post. I think it was... Um, think it was stay on the leader posted it or whatever his user reddit username is um because somebody asked effectively like hey why is this uh like why is this whole edition thing so crazy like why do people have such strong feelings on it Mm -hmm. and it seems like um for people that were exposed second edition x-wing i guess for a reality check for people that are listening second edition x-wing isn't dying it died and it died during covid um if you know any store owner or you know any Mm -hmm. you know anyone who manages inventory at your lgs or whatever Mm -hmm. you can ask them like hey how much money did you lose on second edition x-wing just like as a whole and the number you get back from them if they're willing to share it with you you might just see them grimace is Mm -hmm. shocking there's a just an unbelievable amount of second edition x-wing reprints conversion kits and blah 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 stuff that just didn't sell uh, mm-hmm. and why it didn't sell is maybe a different question or story, but like, as the stuff doesn't sell, it stops being put in prominent places and stores, and then mm-hmm. as it stops being in prominent places and stores, you get less new players. As you get less new players, well, your veteran players don't like multiply by osmosis or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mitosis, mm-hmm. whatever the word is. They slowly drift off. And by mm-hmm. the time the AMG... like AMG didn't get handed X-Wing because X-Wing was selling doorbusters going crazy. They got handed X-Wing because... I mean, this, and this is my assumption, so I want to preface this with, like, I don't have internal sales numbers from FFG yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my understanding is well, X-Men just wasn't selling. Um, and I, I, we can make assumptions for why that was. I mean, you don't ever have to buy product again was probably not the greatest business strategy. Uh, sure. But, you know, like you said, Star Wars gives a lot less popular, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when AMG was handed Star Wars, like, it wasn't on life support. It was debt basically so mm-hmm. i'm i'm honestly more surprised that amg took the time to like put their spin on it and try to make it into something they could sell mm-hmm. versus like just putting it down and saying you know what in five years we're just going to make a third edition and uh, we'll we'll try this again because yeah like um and the to loop this back around to what stan leader said it was like you're gonna get there are two opinions on x-wing 2.5 and it's based solely on like what communities that person's in. If you are talking to somebody who played a bunch of online X-Wing, played a bunch of tabletop simulator tournaments, and is in the super hyper competitive crowd, they love second edition, and it was doing great, because it looked like it was doing great in their communities. They don't care about game stores, right? That doesn't matter to them, and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not their responsibility or their job. You know, it's mm-hmm. doing great. The competitive scene is big and growing. Like, turnout was going up slowly, despite the mm-hmm. losing money on product. Uh, or... The other group of people were, you know, store owners, people, uh, I don't want to say playing in person, because that's not really true, but people with connections to how the product was physically doing, who were like, oh, my God, second edition is dying slash dead, depending on, you know, when exactly you're asking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those people are like, oh, thank God, AMG is coming in and trying to do something to keep this from just being dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, much like the tribalism earlier, it's really hard for those two groups to communicate because, like, the basic facts of reality are
0: different. Yeah. Uh, the so, perspectives like, to are groups... too too far too far removed from each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like the basic set of like facts slash premises are are different. And you know, like, it. I mean, I it's obvious which of those camps I'm in by the way that I phrased and laid out all that information, because it could be the case and. Again, I have no way of knowing FFG sales on like a broad global scale that actually it was selling sure. like crazy and blah, blah, blah. But sure. my understanding
0: is that's not the case. Sure. I look like, so I don't have any, I can only speculate as well. And I probably have even less insight from you because like, you know, we just chilling up here in Canada, man. We don't know what, any, what anything's like going <laughs> on. But my perspective is that I've, I assume that as this was a larger Asmodee restructuring program, To just basically make the business look better on paper, because I always felt like Asmodee's main purpose is to get bought out, and so yeah, right, private equity. Yeah, 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 and so and so make themselves look as good to some the next private equity buyout, so that they can be sold off. Um, And so, uh, if you know, it actually makes a lot of sense if like the sales weren't doing well with FFG. That would be a great justification for them to restructure it under a new, new, under a different, different entity so that, um, uh, so that their losses, they could cover up their losses with success of their product. And then they have justification and rebranding them and some other organizational right. or, structure. I,
1: mean, I don't know. You work at like, um,
0: I, like I run you, a company. So that's why I kind yeah, of I like, say, it, like, yeah, this exactly. is like, my like, perspective is like, you, as a business owner, this is like, makes a, company, a lot of sense.
1: But also like you know you've worked in big corporations before like Mm -hmm. things like this kind of restructuring so one fucking sucked i was very unhappy when Mm -hmm. things got moved over to amg not because i don't like amg i didn't know Mm -hmm. anything about them but because a lot of the people that i really like that work on x-wing got fucked over i'm a huge fan of all the ffg x-wing devs and all the ffgop people and to say Mm -hmm. they got fucked is an understatement um but that doesn't mean um that doesn't mean it was done for no reason it's just like you know like i'll see it work you know i've been at my current employer for 10 years now which is a scary thought but you know mm-hmm. it's a large corporation uh, in finance and every three or four years there's large shakeups yep. of especially Always like happens. upper management of just like shuffling finances around and it's like oh we need this department to look better so now these three yep. people's careers are ruined it's like yep. sad that is a sad reality of business yep. um and like i want to say there's nothing personal about it but it's like People's lives aren't destroyed as a process, but they're seriously impacted, and it sucks a lot. But it's not always indicative of some greater goal. It oftentimes is just like a you know, well, you low rolled your
0: uh, career RNG, so yeah, fucked. I mean, what it does is that if you are struggling, like if X-wing was struggling financially, um, then it's it just it increases the risk, right? Like if you're doing super good, then the risk is low because it's like, well, why would you? Why would you break up the All-Star team, right? Like, yeah, that exactly. that it's like if anything, sense. it would be like
1: maybe we shove AMG into FFG because these FFG guys are killing it. But at the time, um God, it's been so long. But now now we know that at the time that FFG was pushed into AMG, all their products, that would have been when AMG was pushing out mcp and it was selling like crazy but also Mm -hmm. not announced they would have already started shatterpoint and it's like well they're already working on the star wars ip it's all Mm -hmm. the same modelers and everything outside of just a couple key things already have to be here for amg anyway so let's just shove the game development in there too Mm
0: -hmm. and yeah yeah you know and so like this is the kind of thing I, i i say this all the time and you made it as it did, this is like, this is such a, this, honestly, this is like three year old old news. And at this point, but like people still have like bad blood about uh, AMG and, and it's like, it basically systemically starts from this point of like them taking it over and then like right. to, in people's opinion, fumbling every single step. And some of that is well-deserved and some that is, and I think, but I think the majority of it is actually not as well-deserved because um <sighs> It's like an analogy that I want to get. I want to make sure that I get it right. Don't screw it up. No pressure. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're asthma day, right. You're the adult, right. You're the person who is making all the decisions and and controlling people's lives, ruining some people's careers and stuff like that. So as the person, as the organization or the, the entity responsible for these decisions, if you make a bad decision and and you should be held the, as responsible for it, and you shouldn't be given it. Should the responsibility should not be lying with the the person given a bad hand, or or, or the analogy that I want to make is you don't blame a child for crashing a car into a wall, you blame the parent right. for putting the kid in the driver's seat. Yep. Right. Like AMG is doing what it can with what it has, and is doing the best it can with what it has and even if people don't disagree with their opinion i don't think it's fair to say that they're um that they're you know either actively hating this dislike wing or like right. like or like you know that they that they're intentionally ruining it so they can do whatever strategy or cuz even if those are true that's still asumptions fault right cuz it's like right well and like, yeah so why did speak you speak to why? some of that well, we're not. Bit. I mean, I'm not saying that this is this, is, and none of this is true, right? But I'm saying that, like, well, if right, you're gonna make just... those arguments, it's it's just ridiculous because at the at the at the core of it, even if those are true, it's still Asmodee. fault. it's still the one you should be mad at is Asmodee, right? Because yeah. they made the decision to give the the IP to to these people, right?
1: Right. Well, and the sad reality, probably at this point too, is. X-Wing and Armada and I assume Legion 2 in terms of like Asmodee's portfolio are probably not not a particularly large like frankly Asmodee the company probably doesn't care much for better or worse uh Mm -hmm. that's my assumption but I compared to the other things in Asmodee's portfolios that just sell insane amounts of copies uh probably our niche miniatures games that come pre-painted so they don't even get hobby sales are probably a pretty small well
0: okay so so this is an interesting thing i had a I had a discussion with someone about this recently and i think i think um i think i understand the x-wing community maybe a little better than asmodee does uh i just had basically had a brain wave about this brain blast I, i got you yeah so like it's uh so the most miniature games kind of like have this the hobbyist it's like the hobbyist that then becomes a competitive player right so like warhammer and those games it's like there's a hobby aspect to it and then there's a um and then there's like a a a competitive like you know you want to do something with your army once you have it right and you've spent all this time painting it so it's like a opportunity a cost um push to like push you into competitive play right um and i think uh x-wing is you're right it's not the hobbies although there is a small hobbyist contingent right x-wing yeah. is not the hobbyist um mindset it's the collector's mindset it's the yep. it's the i like this cool thing so i want to get the full set right um which
1: worked really well with ffg's kind of probably accidental in hindsight sales <clears throat> model of like oh you want to play yeah. tire interceptors? time to go buy four star vipers where it's like That's i never right. minded that because it was like I have cool four cool Star Viper models now. Whatever. That's right. And so
0: so I think that and maybe this was the problem with 2.0 is that um the 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 true the the actual core audience of the game is collectors who then get pushed into um, competitive same reason is uh yeah. like opportunity cost. I have this huge collection of ships, I'd really like to use it for something, right? And let me put it on the board and, and play, right? Um And I think that that actually is like, if you think about the mindset of the player, um, that informs a lot of our buying habits of like, you know, you know, people will buy the new set whenever it comes out. Why? You're never going to play the ship. I don't care. Like, they say, I want the upgrade cards, but that's still the collector's mentality, right? Right. Yeah. Right? So it's like, you know, I want to have all the things so I can play it if I want it. But it's like, eh, really, if you were just being purely competitive, you would buy only the ships you need and then borrow and buy and sell the upgrade cards. You do what they do in Magic the Gathering, which is literally get the things you need to, to build your deck, right?
1: Yeah, and it's funny because like we say that like there aren't a billion Magic people that are like, yeah, I'm a competitive Magic player, I play on the Pro Tour, but also here's my closet full of my collection of cards. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: exactly, like, right. Um, and so it's funny because yeah, kind no, of go, directly
1: to support that. When I started playing X Wing, um, before I learned that Epic was in a real format that everyone hated, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, I really like Tie Advanced. I think they're cool. Um,
0: this is a so custom colored one specially colored one right no
1: well in the raider but no it's worse than yeah. that right i was like well i want to play epic i'm gonna play this game of epic and i really like tie advance anyway so i don't mind owning a bunch of them so i bought you know like nine or ten tie advance and three raiders so that <laughs> there must have been six tie advance and three raiders right because i had nine of wow. them so that i could run that many copies of accuracy corrector and then whatever accuracy corrector came in i had like the seven eight of because it was like you know like i right. said, I don't mind having these models because they're nice little display pieces whatever and yes. you know naturally they've been in a shoebox ever since never touched but uh um, yeah yeah Yeah, that's like that sales model worked pretty well Um, i don't know how much of it was on purpose first i don't mean to take credit away from them if they earned it i genuinely have no idea how much of the right sales model for
0: 2.0 first edition was planned versus just accidentally i think it. i mean i i would argue i would argue it's probably accidental because i think well i mean the, the basic argument is nobody knows what they're doing anyways so like they right. may have figured it out in post but the initial start yeah. was probably some sort of accident like oh this is really working oh why is it working then maybe they figured it out right but right. the all signs point to they just accidentally did it because if they knew that was a mentality 2.0 would have been handled very differently right right because they know that the mentality is collectors edition and stuff like that so what they would what they should have done was make a whole bunch of ships make them make them 2.0 thing but like basically have a bunch of new releases and then just focus on re-releases as like oh you know here's a base like here's like three base templates like or one for each initiative that you can put on any ship that you want and then and then pilot pack cards right as opposed to like con- true conversion kits right Because right. it's like because yeah. what you do is like what you want to do is like we're not going to reprint anything so or we'll we'll have the reprint cycle but it'll just be like to is that like gradually replace 1.0 stock with 2.0 versions of the same stock Right. So it's the same mm-hmm. business model, right? And then just focus on new ships. Don't even bother. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see in like ten or fifteen years, I think the second edition, because it's it's funny, a lot of the drama and conflict and everything we see now is really caused by how poorly the second edition handover handover is not accurate, uh, transition went. Yeah. I'm really curious to read the like textbook case of like what the takeaways are in the business world mm-hmm. for something like x-wing and mm-hmm. sadly i don't think x-wing's big enough that it'll make it until you know literal textbooks but i'm i'm willing to bet games workshop has a couple slides about you know how to you know what they learned from x wings sure, sure release with a lot of insider yeah. info that we don't i'd be really curious to know what that
0: is and you know it won't be public well for a long time so look i am now that I've said this piece, I'm really hoping mm-hmm. that ASMO, that AMG, someone from AMG, like actually listens to this podcast. Oh, and we're like maybe like somehow gets to an hour and twenty minutes in and like gets yes. to this conversation because true DJ. Cool, because it's like I I feel like I I hope that they realize this right. Like, I don't know because, like, you know, you never really know. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to make. I, honestly, I came at this in a brainwave. Like, there's, it just could have easily have just, like, not come up with a brainwave, right? It didn't come from, like, a analytically put it together. It was an inspiration bit that, like, just kind of hit me. I was like, oh, yeah. No, actually, we're like this, right? Yep. Um, and so I hope that they 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 realize that. And they probably, like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the balance if they actually do understand the buying habits of the consumer for this product yeah, that's right? what
1: i was going to say earlier is like it's really funny seeing all the like amg wants to actively kill the game conspiracy stuff because it's like well i mean you own a business it's obvious. if you wanted to kill one of your products you would just not support it anymore right it's yeah why waste well, money but shut it down yeah it's was a waste of time and effort oh um, yeah but the the interesting thing and cool thing is so over the course of you know working with AMG for like Worlds and Gen Con and blah, 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 is um, just part of that involves exposure to and working with you know, OP staff and media people and blah, 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 all of which who I won't name because it's a waste of everyone's time. But every single AMG employee I've talked to, be they a game developer, work in OP, work in media, whatever, has really been on their shit. And I was not the one that was teaching things in that conversation. Like yeah, I might yeah. have like you know, for example, I might be able to explain some like very specific x wing culture stuff around things like prizes and everything, yeah, but it's yeah. never like what here's Chris's lecture on how o p works, right? It's very much yeah, the opposite, and it's not yeah. because they you know want to tell me how it really is, blah, blah blah, it's because they're professionals, they're hyper competent and very motivated, which is really nice yeah. to see it's one of the things that like I wish these big events uh I mean, I guess we weren't limited by the like physical realities of Earth because it's like I think um, I think if people saw AMG employees out and about on the floor at Gen Con, talking to people, answering questions, blah blah blah, and yeah. just generally being very good at the things that they do, which they are, mm-hmm. um, I think opinions and discourse and everything would be a lot better in general because unfortunately, and I mean I will fully admit to being guilty of this, especially around Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> But uh, as personal, things were personally involved in change in ways that some people don't like, it gets mm-hmm. very personal, and very ugly fast. And it's unfortunate. I don't, I don't have a solution for it. It's, but, you know, I used to very... joke that my gravestone will say, fuck John Smedley, which is, it still might. But, you know, it's not particularly fair because his options were Star Wars Galaxies goes under or they rebuild the game from the ground up. And it's something that it's not. But uh, that doesn't mean I'm happy about it. It just mm-hmm. means that I don't actually hate him
0: yeah (laughs) you just hate the situation and i think right yeah and i think that's the other thing is that like ultimately the people who are upset like their emotions are real and they're valid and we shouldn't discount them but also for those people who are upset like you have to realize what you're really upset at and like because then which is because it's shockingly difficult very difficult and also like the thing is it too is like because if you actually want to enact change to, to to fix the things that are bothering you you need to properly identify the problem and just going on raw motion won't let you do that, right? You have to step back and analytically look at what's actually causing the the issues, right? Um, I will yeah. say that well, not, I, no, sorry. I, I will say that the thing, my brief interactions with AMG that I had, like I met um, the OP person at Worlds like very, very briefly, um, but the, all of my interactions with the, with, who, with the very few that I have had with AMG have all been very, very good. So like, I don't feel that um, like, and I've never felt this. I never felt that they were like inherently like screwing up the job or like incompetent. I always felt that they were like resource lacking, right? Like just, they just don't have enough to do what they need to do. And because when your own, a great, great analogy is, Hey, like, you know uh, it's great to talk about um, there's like my house, my house is on fire. So it would be great if I could build a fireproof house and I'll do that just as soon as I put all these fires. Right. right yes. And that's like kind of how AMG is right now. It's just like, I think they have like really ambitious plans. and I think what they want to do is really good. And I think they're just heavily under, under, underutilized, well not underutilized, uh, under, under um, resourced, resourced in order to make those things reality and they're doing their best. And um, the, the, the thing that I think is the most obvious for why that for those things is a how they handle their announcements in PR Um, and then B, uh the typos that you see on the products when they come out. Right, because they're like right because they're clearly like there's like a huge logistical soft. There's like all the printing. There's all the things and you can see that like things are slipping through the cracks like the major stuff is getting taken care of. But there's little things that are popping up here and there that are that are problematic. Right yeah and, and, and it, on it, that note
1: mm-hmm. go ahead oh I was, sorry I, I thought you were um, no no yeah no. the uh you, you, you. the thing is um i think part of that is they have two or three people trying to fill the shoes of like 11 or 12 and that's it's just going yeah. you know they just they do yeah. not have the level of staff to put out 12 ships a yeah. year with five or six or actually it's more like eight or nine op kits a year right that's yeah, that's yeah. impossible with the staff yeah. that they have I think. Uh, but also I it think takes too... a long time yeah, to get rolling um yes like so let's say let's say everyone at amg were fired and you had to hire someone tomorrow let's say it's even a team of people right and say mm-hmm. okay uh go into the warehouse pick up all their stuff and you know get op going back again like the amount of time that it would take to have that
0: actually start is very long oh yeah so that's a six month delay minimum minimum. Right. right, and
1: before before you can even really start making right. stuff to start shipping to people, because it's yeah, like, okay, yeah. you've got to figure out all your contacts, you've got to figure out what people even want you to make, you've got to figure out what you've got to start giving out. Like, we still have, I mean, this box is full of stuff that people have given me for other countries for OP stuff that yeah. I need to
0: ship out.
1: Yes. And if you're just listening in audio, that's like a 25-pound box of just cards. And a lot of that stuff is the foreign language cards people send me. But a lot yeah. of it's stuff that AMG had at Gen Con, that AMG had at Worlds. They're like, hey, can you just get this out to people? So I'm sending those out with it. But like, yeah, it's just a huge logistics yeah.
0: nightmare. Yeah. Again, this is a problem that I think is on the Asmodee side, right? It's like, hey... I'm going to, we're going to give you four additional properties that are the same size, if not bigger than your existing properties and no additional manpower or like like we get, you get two guys, right? It's like, you know, it's like, I mean, set up to fail is like the classic line, but I don't even think that that sufficiently yeah. like explains how much of a, like a raw deal. That they're that they're hanging together. And also to your point before, like they're highly competent people. That's why they're being able to hold it together even right. right? Like it's like they're operating 150%, at my opinion. They're operating 150%, but unfortunately, it's a four hundred percent output requirement, right? It's like yep. yeah, and you're it kinda in,
1: sucks. You're in uh, like you're in the video game dev industry, right? You yes. know how people that work on things that they love are treated as a general rule, and well, not like AMG and- are treated poorly, but like, I, I, uh...
0: I was about to say that this is like not the same, but actually it is the same because the uh, the reason why people don't understand or have a miscommunication or a misunderstanding of like the video game industry is because they don't understand how video games are made, right? They don't understand the the processes and they don't understand how different it is from traditional uh, traditional um, production, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually true for this as well because the the lead times are so much more um extreme than literally every other because every other type of production is like lowering lead times right it's all about efficiency it's like you you come up with a concept you get it to market within three to six months right like all as fast as possible well and it's like the like the like the way the content creator drops as well because that's coloring a lot of people's opinions right it's like the content creator will go in and they'll do like three months six months of like development with this company who's designed to specifically do drops. And then they'll come up with a, with a fashion package and the production happens in China or wherever, um, in like a month to like create the drop product. And then they do the drop and the things ships are ready to ship out like almost immediately. And you're thinking like, well, why can't X-Wing do that? And it's like, but X-Wing has a two-year lead time on liter- literally any design product. And that doesn't include the design of the product, right? <laughs> right. So it's like,
1: yeah, like the design, the gameplay design of the product is all, it's like a rounding error in the creation of the product yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Well, and so like, think about the think about like, because they said, if I remember this correctly, and I could be wrong, but if I remember this correctly, they said, when they announced a handover, that it would be a year before they could start putting their own stuff out, like and that and, when, and I think people misunderstood that as it'd be it'd be a year before they see an AMG product, but realistically it was actually a year before they could begin production on their own shit, right? right? So that means from the last time that we saw the last FFG product, because of of course that was already in production, so the last FFG product was what the. Um, fires um, no it was the it was, was no it the... i want
1: to say it was the gauntlet but it might have been the rogues and z's i don't remember And though mm. the development and release of those got i don't want to say mixed up because i don't know what their like intended plan was actually i have the
0: box and probably check the product code for what the intended plan was but yeah like there was Regardless. all that stuff got shuffled around too yeah yeah but but the and I, i'm sure those got chucked around by production reasons like not because like, they yep. probably had their own release schedule at ffg but then amg was probably like, just whatever you can get the fuck out as quickly as possible yeah just right? go yep. just, just get it out right um so whatever that last product was and then i think we have a year delay because they need to ramp up um and then we'll maybe start seeing something which i think is what's happening now is we string we're starting to see so we had the card packs because card packs will have an inherently lower lead time right right so yeah because it's anything with all the painting and models right. and blah so blah, anything blah. without a miniature like the lead time is like cut in half or even less because if you're just printing cardboard and cutting then you just set up a printing press for that and you just you just cut their existing infrastructure for that already you just had to fit it in the box and packaging so it should be yeah it should be at least half as fast i was gonna say at, i don't know short. i can't I'm guessing.
1: and I mean, we're yeah, speculating. We're, yeah, logic, Half we're speculating. Reasonable. Half yeah. is
0: like reasonable, right? So that makes sense as to why they had so many card packs between the last release and our now first real box release, which is the TIE Bombers and the YT 1300s, right? Right. Well, the
1: starter sets, too.
0: Oh. The starter sets, but so starter sets, too, but like we're not even fully production. Those have not all been released yet, right? And yeah, that yeah, that I came out like a month or two ago months. too, right? So like, yeah. So I think that, um, and also the starter kits, I think would not have required a lot of development time. They probably put those together very quickly because it's all existing ships, existing products, right? so it's just well, the shuffling them in a way. The YTs as well, but
1: um, they still have to figure out the painting process for like, because it's 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 not new paint jobs and that they look different, but it's new paint jobs and that they've
0: refined their processes for how they make ships presumptuously um, presumably sorry if that's the case yeah. but we don't know that for sure like it might have been well in, i mean you could look the at them they, i don't know if you They're they're not available in canada yet
1: Oh, yeah, they are they are different paint jobs. They are much higher quality paint jobs. And uh, right, the, okay. I don't know if the sculpts are higher quality or they just did such a better job of washing them that they look higher quality. But mm-hmm. it, they are noticeably different and nicer looking than mm-hmm. the older ships were. Like, there was, a, there was very clearly an iteration process on improving the previous
0: sculpts right. slash paint jobs. Right. Well, let's just consider them new new product completely then. Yeah, right? sure. Sure.
1: Um, it's but Presumably, it's easier than building a new ship and harder than yeah. shipping it out without changes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like we're going to see Gunboat at some point. We, don't. I, I don't know when because they literally, they've been <laughs> yeah. very gun shy about showing that information. Um, and then hopefully we get some new ships. So, but that won't be till next year at the earliest, right? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, all of this is low hanging fruit, so. right? Like a reprint is a low hanging fruit um, with new pilots so that people, and so. The one good thing about what AMG has done is going back to my earlier point about it being a collector mentality. Forcing people to buy the new sets for the new pilot cars yes. is a good good strategy. They should be doing that as much as it hurts um, the wallets. And and I would say that if they did do re- new repaints, what they should have done is like done a, 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 a new repaint. If they were going through the process of making, I think what they actually did was like they just it went to a new vendor, and that new vendor has a different process, so they just had to like go through that process for the. But the sculpt was the same, right? And so like, because I know that they were talking about they had switched uh, vendors for the painting. Yeah, at that time, I don't right? know. Um, I don't remember. I think I remember that would, I think they, I don't they the said details. that in like one of their announcements. So, gotcha. anyways, I, th- I'm I'm running off of the assumption that that's true, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they did that then they should you really want
1: to loop it around so um yeah my understanding is uh the models in squadrons are the highest resolution models of star wars ships like owned by lfl or whatever yeah uh and you know they if you go listen to the developer interviews they'll talk a lot about how like lfl really cared about getting them right because yeah. they were going to be the reference thing. So, in fact, like, if you saw the Mandalorian, the cockpit interior sure looked a lot like the squadron's, squadron's X-wing. One, yeah, yeah, because the squadron's X-wing is now like the reference model X-wing, or at least was at the yeah. time. Yeah. So I'm curious if um, they use the squadron's models as part of the refreshing. The ships would be very cool. I don't know. So, this is my speculation.
0: So there's so there's two interesting not. Not probably like relevant, but two interesting things that are related to that. We know that the squadrons team played X Wing, yeah. um, and we also know that they're based in Montreal, which has an X Wing community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so. I mean, I, we also I, know a couple of squadrons developers, and they can in fact play X Wing. So. <laughs> oh, do we actually? I did not actually know. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll just you know we'll just throw people out there. Uh, you know Andrew Lauritsen, right? I think so. Probably. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, he's not in Montreal, but uh, he's Canadian and at the time was at EA and he did a lot of the shadows and everything. Okay. So he's the guy that runs the X Wing Gate of Storms dice calculator.
0: Oh, okay, cool. cool, cool, cool,
1: Yeah, so he did a bunch of the graphics and visual not not like art assets, but like shadows mm-hmm. and rendering stuff for squadrons. Mm-hmm. And that, finally, <laughs> like, two weeks before it was announced, I was lamenting to him that it's sad that it would uh that it would make no financial sense to release a Star Wars space sim ever again because it's way too much work for way too small of a target audience. Yeah. And, you know, he's under 10 trillion NDAs and can't say yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, straight, he's straight-faced me. He's like, yeah, it's really a bummer. You know, like, it is. <laughs> what like a, it. Shame. what not- a shame. What a shame, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And this was, you know, like, weeks before it was announced. Yeah, yeah. I gave him a very angry phone call after that. Just like, I <laughs> am very upset with you. But also, this is good news.
0: <laughs> You're not really upset at him. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, right. Speaking of identifying the thing you're mad at, I was yeah. in fact not upset at him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah. actually, there's something I meant to say earlier. Speaking of, you're like, it's, you know, you got to identify the thing you're mad at. It's really yeah. interesting watching people not know what they're mad at. Like a, mm-hmm. a lot of feedback for, it's not an X-Wing problem. It's just like a problem mm-hmm. in general. It's like people don't really know why they're unhappy. So like, if you remember... Before the most recent points update, one of the common complaints you'd hear is, like, yeah, a 20-point scale isn't big enough, blah, 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 blah. Um, yes. And, you know, people would give you their dissertations on how many points is the correct amount. But really, yes. all they were actually complaining about is, like, hey, there's a bunch of ships that, like, suck, and I want to play them, and I can't. <laughs> Yeah. So when AMG went through and rebalanced a bunch of stuff, and it's not like everything is perfect now and every ship is playable and blah, blah, blah. But like broadly, the level of reasonableness that the points are now versus what they were, I don't was that May or June or whatever before that is like it's a whole different universe of polish they're in. And I haven't seen I don't think I've seen anyone say the word granularity since the points update. Because like broadly, people can play the stuff they want and not feel stupid which yeah. is what they wanted. Which I, you cool. know,
0: you know, what's, what's really funny about that is um, I was, I, I have this argument like many, many times, like how people would say like, Oh, the, the, there's like bunch of ships at the same cost. And they're like, they're wildly different power levels. And I'm like, yeah, that was how it was <laughs> in 2.02. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but like there would be a bunch of ships that would be the same cost. And they're very different power scaling. Yep right it's like but this yeah, is not they, a new like, problem this is the problem that we've always it's had not, I, but it's yeah. a new
1: problem in that for them they're not actually mad that stuff some stuff is better it's than their stuff's not good yeah. it's the stuff that they want to play is the yeah, stuff yeah, that's yeah. not as good so yeah, it's yeah. like yeah I, I get it but like you got to be like yeah you know if you're trying to give feedback to a game developer bad feedback is your point scale sucks it's like yeah like, none of us you and i and everyone on reddit are not but frankly, we're not really qualified to have opinions like that, you know we can kind of speculate, but whatever right the the feedback that's useful to a game developer mm-hmm. is uh hey, mm-hmm. I really like ahsoka tano aether sprite mm-hmm. and uh she sucks like she's not very good, and mm-hmm. that sucks, and that's that's like that's that's the end of the feedback that's it it's like yeah. it's it's on them it's their it's literally their yeah. job to figure the, out how to make it so you can play ahsoka tano and the not the,
0: the 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 feedback if you're a player. You should give to AMG. Uh, and I'll tell this for anyone who's listening who, who wants to give like constructive feedback to like help them to help your agenda um, is the, which is the ship that you want to fly to be good is to tell AMG, Hey, this ship that I fly is really fun and it would make the game better for people. If this ship was good because flying it is fun. And when you fly things that are fun and those things are competitive, that makes for a good play experience. Yep.
1: Right? It's quite literally the the point of the game as much as it pains me to say deep inside is to have fun. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, like that, the, that that must really hurt goal you. Of, it does. <laughs> the, the, it, it, I need you to know that deep inside it physically pains me to say the purpose of points in the game is to facilitate fun,
0: mm-hmm. yes. not
1: for the game to be like whatever yeah. definition of balance Well, you use. well
0: th- so so the thing is to well I mean I'm going to actually push back on you on this because um,
1: well it's going to be really boring though cuz you're going to say some stuff that's true and I'm going to say that stuff gets lumped under fun, but I we should do it anyways.
0: So I I want to say that like it is not mutually exclusive for something to be fun and balanced. And Oh yeah, absolutely. And in but also me- games that have good metas are not inherently balanced. They're in right. equilibrium. Right? Um so what you don't want is a game that's out of equilibrium where one specific thing dominates everything and there's no counterplay, right? Yeah, well, unless an, it's,
1: unless that thing is really fun and the mirror matches are really fun, then you have right, right. accidentally made a new game that happens to be fun.
0: Right, right, right. But, but for the most part, especially when you have these um, asymmetrical games, what you want mm-hmm. is an equilibrium where um, things are not balanced because balance in, implies that they are, uh, well, actually explicitly says that these things are the same like when it comes down to essentially value that they are the same right and that's actually right. not what you want what you want is to say that like i have something that is pushing in a force this way in one direction and i have a, and i have and i have an opposing force coming in the opposite direction that are not the same but they but they equalize out so the total movement is not moving Right. Yep. And actually, I'm going
1: to throw one more level of technically correct on top of this back at you. Yeah. It actually doesn't matter that those things are actually equivalent in strength. It matters that they feel
0: equivalent in strength. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, so this is a good example of this is the Han, uh, uh, Padme interaction. Right. Where the game felt unbalanced because Han was dominating. Um, at percep- the perception was Han was dominating at the top tables. Yeah. Then Heaver comes in with a with a uh, response, and then suddenly we're in equilibrium, where it's like this thing cannot Are you dominate. Ready
1: for the yeah. ten billion IQ uh, real time fact check? Okay. So that was the that was the plan for bringing Padme in Republic, and mm-hmm. uh, it turns out that Han still wins against Padme more often. Than he loses.
0: Sure, sure, uh, but, but but it feels to the
1: broader. But one, it feels much more fair, and two. Uh, The entire point, like you're saying, of the asymmetry is there's not only one Padme effect in the game, right? Mm -hmm. There's things like, you know, for staying in Republic, there's things like Chopper Astromech, where now you can seriously hamper Han's ability to modify his dice and still shoot again. Mm -hmm. Um, There's stuff like that, you know, there's significantly harder forms of control that are generally not good. Like the nice thing about games with squad building is, the more something takes over the game and is played all the time, the more you can tech in very specific counters to it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, Connor nets probably not great. If mm-hmm. every single list has Han Solo in it, Connernets become very good very fast because all you mm-hmm. have to do is block him once, and the game is over.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I have um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I should, I should um, uh. S- show my my friend's tech he, my friend's building a scum list with some ion tech, which is really funny. um uh, we don't know if it's good, but you know, scum needs a win right now, so hopefully it is good.
1: It's really um man, one of the most feels bad man things for the points for me is how scum like not landed's not even oh,
0: right can i can like, I dispel a rumor because I have or maybe maybe confirm a rumor. um what do we got? So um, one of the rumors is that the reason why AMG hates scum is because the crates think scum is grossly overpowered. So, and the influence you guys have. um, correct. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, no, I I can... So clearly as my head of, um, you know, I run AMG or whatever, I I think scum is a stupid faction and, and shouldn't exist, but that's not a... The stuff is overpowered. That's a, like x-wing itself would be better off without a faction that is so uh that like lacks a cohesive identity which is like a very abstract thought that okay so, so well your problem
0: of. is yeah. not your so your problem with scum is not the actual ships but more that the sh- that within the structure because you're talking about big structures that within the structure yeah. of x-wing scum really serves no purpose
1: Right. I think Xling would be much better off if like let's say they were reprinting the Hound's Tooth or whatever, the YV six six six. Yeah. And you bought it and you opened it and there's a rebel Bosque, there's an Empire Bosque, and there's a whatever other faction. I don't, what, I don't what
0: if what if is um what if it was that scum could be in every faction? It was just a mercenary. I think that things like
1: that are generally boring because But they were either... all
0: But they were all like just a little bit more expensive because it could be used in every faction
1: yeah but like so i think the problem with things like that is if you're going to do stuff like that like why have factions it's fine like i don't think x-wing it's like if you were going to start building the game up from scratch now and like if i were going to do it i would not have factions the way x-wing does
0: but what Um, if you could but what if you could what if you could sell points to buy their shift (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm just getting crazy now. I'm 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 going into the oh, design space now. I'm just trying to suggest stuff. Like five
1: seconds because I opened my headphone oh. case so sorry. I missed oh,
0: I so I was gonna say, but what if you could then like spend points to purchase them? Oh, yeah, like, like your opponent's ships so, and stuff like that. Like, that yeah, what I was trying
1: to get at is like I don't think um most of the scum stuff. Like I think people deep in their heart want to play their Boba Fett and Darth Vader in the same list. I think they sure. want to play. I think like one of the reasons Rebel Fen Rao is so popular is because Fangs are super cool, and there's Rebels fans that want to play Fen Rao next to their Ezra Bridgers and their Harrahs and blah blah blah, and you know, when, I, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about the people that are showing up to you know these big roll open qualifiers and playing, I'm talking about the people that are playing at home doing whatever stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. it's really shocking to me how many people follow the rules of the game even when there's no one there to tell them that they can't. Like. People won't play Boba Fed and Empire at home on their kitchen table, even though there's no police that tell them that like they can't, right? Um,
0: well, that's so, that's yeah. that is well, okay. It's like golf, right? Where it's like you you can put whatever score you want in, but you'll know you'll know you did it. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, sure, right, right.
1: Yeah, it's like I think I don't think it's you doing it wrong. I think the game is wrong. Uh, but no, like in all seriousness, <laughs> it's a bummer to me that Scum is so like lacking so badly right now one i don't think they're so maybe the maybe the crazy conspiracy is true because i don't think scum is as bad as its current reputation um it just tends to be the case that when a faction starts doing poorly everyone who wants results pulls out of it so there's kind of like a death spiral
0: that happens Wow. so i don't think well so that's true in terms of like getting variety but i also think that like i think there are people well i guess there's at least one because i'm that's this person who sees uh who sees everyone pulling out of a faction and, and goes like i can fix it i i can yeah, find well, I, the, mean, I can find the broken so, the broken stuff in there Yeah.
1: so i have two things on that so one it's a bummer to me because the current state of scum points or whatever is the first time that that faction has been even the slightest bit appealing for me to play ever um and it's because they cut down it's because what people are complaining about that traditionally play scum. They cut down the loadouts. So you're not playing ships with like 18 upgrade cards and whatever. It's mm-hmm. the ships are more I don't want to say in line power level with other factions because that seems to not be the case. The ships are more in line with other faction in terms of like you're not going to win the game by reading someone your little yeah. novella of upgrade cards. Oh yeah. You're going to win the game because you position better and blah blah blah. Oh,
0: so so here's a, a side note. Uh this is like my theory of like what what happens when they did the last that last big point update is Um, they decided we want ships to cost X, Y, and Z. I love what they did with the loadout reduction across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's like, hey, like we want ships to cost X, Y, and Z and we're going to then tweak the loadout value to justify that cost. But we think it should be around this cost, right? And Scum... And scum, they didn't do it enough. Like, where they didn't, like, they, if they say, like, okay, we want things to cost this, this, and this. So now we're going to tweak the, like, hopefully in the next point upstate, they go, okay, now we're going to give them either more loaded value so they can, so they can justify their point cost value. Or we could, we're going to drop it further and keep the loaded is because we want it to be this type of thing. Right. Yeah.
1: But so, so one, I like broadly agree. Right. It seems like on a couple things like the mark is just missed and I don't think is missed by a lot, but mm-hmm. like uh, we're seeing kind of the opposite thing in rebels. It's like the mark was missed in rebels a little bit in a lot of places, which compounds, right? Yeah. In scum, it seems like the mark was missed a little bit in a lot of places, which compounds. But also um I think scum as a faction appeals to people that want to like like traditionally scum has been the faction that if you want to play some weird shit and like find some crazy upgrade combo that might not even be good but like it's yours and you own it or whatever like scum was the (laughs) faction to do that in because there's so many weird effects that like you know if it's a thursday and it's after 9 p.m but it's raining then win the game i'm gonna do
0: i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you scum identity so you can Mm -hmm. so you can um kind of have it so scum identity is ships that are allied together temporarily so they have some synergy but not enough synergy that you would like consider it like um like a military faction right so they have stuff that interact interesting with each other but it's not always like a true synergy like it's always some sort of like um some sort of like I uh, i think someone suffers so i can succeed kind of thing right um like that's kind of like what like you look at their 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 faction upgrades, and it's all kind of like within that thing. Like something bad happens to someone yeah. else in my list, and I get some cool benefit. Yeah. Well, it's
1: there's two right. faction identities. There's that, which is very clearly what FFG was trying to push with the faction, especially yeah. in first edition. But then also now there's all the Mandalorian stuff that's just kind of like stapled to the side of it. Sure. Which I don't have a better solution for. It's not like, I can't yeah. believe they did this. It's just like, a, you know, like, is Fearless really a scum talent? Like, no, Fearless is a Mandalorian talent, but yeah. the Mandalorian tag didn't really exist when.
0: Well, that came so out. I mean, I mean, but that could be fixed, right? They could just make it a Mandalorian. They could just yeah, wrap sure. the card like and say, like, they, this like is a Mandalorian did with dedicated
1: tag. You know? And it's like, actually, this is a clone thing, not a genetic yeah. thing. But, like, so, all right, the, the ultimate yeah. end goal of this point is to yeah. say, fame on scum players. All right. The problem is your fault, though. Um, <laughs> Like, it's, it seems like uh, there is a lot of stuff in Scum that is obviously good that no one is playing because it's obviously good. And that's going to sound a little insane. But so my personal litmus well, test... give me an example. Test, we're getting there. Don't worry. My personal litmus test for how much people are actually trying to win in Scum is it looking at the Mandalorian pilot. Um, like the the T-S-S-T, the, the Razorcrest, whatever the fuck that ship's actual name is. All right, so since mm-hmm. the points update at least since I last updated this, which was after Nova, so it's very recent. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been 14 copies of the Mandalorian played, period, which is insanity. Uh, The Mandalorian is very, like, obviously a good ship.
0: Um, Oh, unpack that for me.
1: Sure. The Mandalorian is, I believe, the hardest ship to kill in the game, and one of the highest damage output ships in the game. The problem with the Mandalorian is building them isn't very fun because you have 10 loadout and seven of them come stapled with the child. And then you get three points for something, and then you get your free illicit, but that also doesn't feel very fun because it comes with, you know, conditions like, yeah, I get a free illicit at the start of the game. But like all the illicits you can have kind of all do the same thing. It's like the turn that you have to figure out how to K-turn and take an action, take an action. And then that's about it. Um, so like the Mandalorian's pilot ability is basically always on in the current game with how much, st- like, lists are four and five ships, four, four five, and six ships even. Mm-hmm. Um, you are always in the front arc of one or two ships. You are always changing a blank result or a focus result to whatever, mm-hmm. um, which means that you're every time you're attacked, you have, like, super mega reinforce in addition to sometimes actual reinforce. Basically, mm-hmm. every time you're shot, if you're paying attention, you're going to take one damage. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there are cases where, like, yeah, some crazy crit chain happens, or you know, there's things on each side of you and you can't reinforce front back, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But, like, broadly speaking, your nine health Mandalorian is going to take nine shots to kill, okay? Which is a lo- that's a that's at least two full turns, okay, if not more, okay. And every time he attacks, he's always going to get max hits outside of he's he, I rather than give a math answer when he's attacking, he's battle of Yavin Vader, you're changing a blank to a hit. And you have force to modify everything, so it's fine. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the the natural like, well, that's not true. Is well, what if, uh, you know, what if I don't have force because no one's shooting me? I spend all my force on offense. Well, you might notice the Mandalorian has no useful actions to take other than focus and reinforce. So if you're not <laughs> being shot, you have a focus for offense. So you're always getting max hits. Mm -hmm. but it's really boring it's not interesting it's not fun or cool in the slightest and stuff like the mandalorian isn't why people play scum i don't think well okay i'm I'm gonna push push
0: back on that because i do actually so this is interesting because when you said that i didn't think about it you're there's a lot that you're saying that's correct but i wasn't thinking about it um i know a lot of people who complain that the razor crest is not on the board more so Mm -hmm. but maybe it's just the fact that no one's thinking about it right well, oh,
1: yeah, because uh, if if you could play the Mandalorian in uh, Empire or Republic or Rebels, he would be in all of those lists. I don't like know the Mandalor- about
0: that. I'm not sure about that. But the... but because so here's the thing, right? In when the Razor Crest f- came out, I think I think this is what happened. Razor Quest came out. People tried it, thought the Q9 was like dramatically better. Forgot about the Mandalorian, yep. right? Yes. And then no one ever came back to it. when, t- like right when he like, got cheaper when he got cheaper right um because he wasn't good at his previous point yes point he was cost, very right? much not good at the right. seven points he went down yeah. and then no one went to look because scum as a faction maybe got worse and people were like i don't even know what to do well, anymore
1: i have a proof by counterexample for you yeah so you know we track things like percentiles and stuff on advanced Hardy computer so of the 14 mandalorians that have been played how many do you think brought the
0: child Oh, I, I know that there's one Mandalorian list that brought the child that did really well. Okay, yeah.
1: but no, just give me, give me yeah. a guess. One to four oh, It's no, not I on have the no final idea. exam. I don't the know. The answer's four. There are t- less than a third of people playing the Mandalorian brought the upgrade that literally says, put me on the Mandalorian. This is the best upgrade card in the game for the Mandalorian. Right? And it's like, this will not shock you. The people that put the child on Mandalorian do very well. The people that didn't did very poorly. And granted, we're talking a very low sample size here. So this is not me saying, you know, it is guaranteed that the Mandalorian with the child would be tournament meta, blah, 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 if uh, more people played it. But it is me saying that if you could put the child on the Mandalorian in other factions, they would be bringing it in a heartbeat. But because of the people that want to play Scum, they don't want to play the the ship that just says, you always roll max hits and max evades. They want to play the ship that does cool stuff. And he's super boring.
0: So um, as a random aside, when the child first came out, uh, or there was like rumors or maybe like spoilers that were saying that the child was going to come out to basically all all factions or be factionless. And I got really excited about that because like I thought about, oh, what if you quit the child on Rey? falcon
1: oh instead of empire rebel scum gotcha. yeah, yeah yeah like because like that would have been time factions or whatever. It literally it,
0: it, it would be hondo right that's what i was right it was, yeah. was the rumor right i was like oh that would be so cool then i could put on ray and then i just aimed at force to convert forever <laughs> that
1: seems good yeah and then you'll you loop all the way back around to i guess yeah. um you don't have the solution of "I'll oh, just focus on Ray." Like, what if no one ever shoots me? It's like, well, pro tip, you can just focus, but actually, that doesn't work for Ray because you're no, because adding...
0: she she can, can she adds blank results and just has extra results. She just has built built in reinforce and then, uh, anyways.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that you know if you didn't because yeah. the child turns off your force region, right? So if no one ever shot Ray, which would be really nice, yeah, very yeah. courteous of them, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you would eventually run out of dice mods on a long enough timeline. Whereas the yeah, man yeah. doesn't have that problem.
0: Yes, exactly. Um. I, okay, so so here's my thing. I think Mandalorian. Everyone just forgot about him. He just got he yeah, just I got he just got dirt got caught dirty. Well, what you're saying is making a lot of sense, but also like, yeah, no one's been looking at it, right? Maybe no one's been looking at scum, yeah. right? That's the problem. Oh,
1: um, that's a question I can answer. Uh, so there's 238 scum lists since the last points thing. How many lists total are there? I mean, it's like one in ten-ish. I'm very off the cuff estimating, but like ten percent mm-hmm. of lists are scum. 238 out of probably mm-hmm. two or three thousand. Um, so yeah, I mean, broadly, people aren't playing scum. Is true. What are people playing in scum? That's my question. I Me, mean, sign. Noble answer. Fenrao, Yeah. Bosk Z. Ligma. Lee Mackay. Yeah. Terok. Uh It's it's a bunch he'll of. I appreciate this. Yeah. The yeah. fifth most popular scum ship is Rebel Han Solo misidentified as scum because of the XWS bug.
0: <laughs> so it's like so it's like scum Han.
1: Yeah, so it's like it shows up as scum Han because yeah. it abbreviates to Han Solo or whatever. But yeah, the XWS yeah. is Han Solo Rebel Alliance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's Dang. a you problem, my friend. That is, I know. <laughs> I uh, I need to run all that cleanup stuff. It's just gonna be a yeah.
0: mess. ass. For for everyone who's listening. And it doesn't understand the context of this. I'm not gonna do this that often. Like, I'm we're, we're not fly better. I'm 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 gonna assume that you know things about the game when we talk about stuff. But this is an internal. This is like a in running or this an in-running joke like internal joke. People know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, YASB, um recently reworked a bunch of its XWS format, and that broke a bunch of stuff in other places. And then that's what caused it, like a bunch of like kerfuffles and other stuff. But out of that. We started to find out that a bunch of xws stuff was really broken and so now yep. chris is chris being you know the guy who's the pillar holding up x-wing on his on his shoulders yes. is now going back and trying to resolve all this stuff because he just happens to run the advanced targeting computer which is like using a lot of the stuff so it's, yeah it's
1: dependent on all of it so it's really easy yeah. to catch where things are wrong it's like oh i found a republic r 2 in a rebel list that's probably yeah. not correct yeah
0: yeah yeah um so so yeah this is like this is a little like insider stuff but yeah it's uh, the the dev scene also kind of like a little bit dead right now um on the uh yeah. st- on the X wing side even more yeah. cuz it, it kind of died at 2.0 like kind of died mm-hmm. hard at 2.0 which is when i came in right um uh put X wing on my massive okay, shoulders just, oh
1: yeah i uh, say jordan uh decided to be a responsible adult and like go work a real job, which is cringe of course no it's and, not, not and even it that
0: is, he just was like he was just like yeah not interested in doing yeah. it because he was already like he was already like at minimum levels and then basically it's like when 2.0 came out he realized he's gonna have to do yeah, a bunch a of good, work. and he was like yeah. he was like no thanks I'm good right yeah.
1: it's you, really, you know i mean it it's it, that loops all the way back around to like i I wonder what the business plan for second edition like what was the like there was a business plan right like they're not stupid the, fmg is full of very competent people it didn't just because it didn't work doesn't mean all their decisions were wrong right they must have had sales models and projections for how things were mm-hmm. going to work out i wonder what those looked mm-hmm. like was it like you know because ter- the conversion kits were very much solving a problem that were had by the competitive scene but people playing on their kitchen table or whatever didn't give a fuck about rules problems or whatever well right? no they make i i matter. i
0: think i think that it's the same reason why you wonder why people don't put Boba Fett and Vader in the same faction. Rules are important, and people need to follow them, right? And so, if you have, if you want a new rule set, you don't have the materials to, and they have a, they have armies that they want to convert over. You need to provide them a, a means for them to do so legally. Oh yeah, no,
1: no. I mean, right, I'm, right. I'm a step behind that even, which right. is like those players don't care about the rules issues that needed to be fixed for the competitive scene, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah it appears that it was the case that it was not in ffg's best interest to clean up x-wing and make it like a more cohesive competitive game Mm -hmm. at the cost of alienating a bunch of players that needed to buy conversion kits when like when you look at the finances of conversion kits yeah they were probably sold roughly at cost if i had to guess i don't know that but they were very cheap for the amount of i have an opinion about this
0: i have an opinion about this so my opinion is that my opinion used to be that competitive was a marketing tool to help sell more things by by right. yeah, like creating the traditional a traditional OP model. Yeah, we have like a have like a like a vision like of like oh people are playing this game so it's healthy so I should go buy into this game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but I don't think that's actually true. Um, now my opinion is it's like very close, but not it's like not quite right. My opinion now is that um the competitive scene is important to show that the retailer that they have sales and then guarantee uh uh, sale space on their their shelves right because if there's an active community actively supporting your game and showing up every month to do a tournament and like pre-ordering for the new product that comes out that's a pretty strong justification for you to to shelve x-wing right yeah and and so you
1: see similar stuff in Lorcana, which is currently having its we have nowhere near enough product From the sounds of it, the stores that got product were the ones that were willing to commit and say, hey, we're going to run your OP stuff, Disney, at our stores so that we have players locally here. It's not just people coming to buy cards. But I mean, kind of the same thing in reverse, where Disney's saying, look, The only way this works is if we have OP people out there playing it. So you
0: have to prove to us that you're going to provide that, or we're not going to sell you product. Yeah, which is really the same thing in the other mm -hmm, order. mm -hmm. So, but but I mean, there's a there's like a philosophical difference, and that that informs some of the decision making, right? So, like, I think what happened is that they knew that like OP was not doing good because the game needed serious rebalancing, and so um, and so seeing that happen, they were like, okay, this is a plan. It's going to become untenable like we're not going to be able to release product and keep it properly balanced. So we're going to lose OP in like a year or two years or whatever it is. Right. So we need to start right. transitioning now because it's again, three year, three year cycle. Right. So we need to start transitioning now. So that's like, okay, let's make a second edition. Let's make that happen. I think that their execution was poor because they were thinking that, okay, well, we want to put it for we want to show that the game has got a lot of paper to draw new players in. So they were expecting an influx of new players when the second edition happened. But what right. they should have been thinking was, well, how do we help support the, how do we help justify keeping it on the shelves? And if they had done that, they would have taken a different approach, which was not to do massive reprints, but focus more on new product and then help yeah. have like card packs or something like that to just help existing people get access to the product and just do their normal uh, reprint strategy. Just slowly converting anything that would normally reprint from 1.0 to 2.0, just replacing the packages slowly over time. Right. Yeah.
1: And what's really interesting there is like, so when first edition, when the conversion kits, or not sorry, when second edition got like announced and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, the competitive community was very excited. But the interesting thing is the growth of the competitive community had already slopped. Like the, the derivative of competitive OP size was negative. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 100%. There was less stopped... people
0: actually playing OP. Um, yeah. even... Well,
1: the it was growing at slower rates, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, right, like the yeah. player count was still steadily going up, but the rate at which by which it was going up was dramatically decreasing, right as the time Second Edition got announced, and then it fell off a cliff as everyone was waiting for Second Edition to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the interesting thing is, like, they I almost wonder if they missed their boat, and if they'd done what they did earlier, it would have been successful. I think broadly, you're right. I agree. Like, obviously, hey, we actually are going to sell product to people. Is a good strategy, but mm-hmm. um, I think they might have been able to get away with what they did if they'd done it significantly earlier. The problem is they, like you said, the lead time is so long. By the time they identified, hey, we have a serious problem, we have to work on this if we want to have a real three-year like,
0: three-year window. To yeah, right. Window. It's like
1: it has to. The problem has to fester for three years, which slowly means that people lose hype and buy less product, and then people buy less product. Okay, it's on shelves less. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. the whole like, death spiral isn't even accurate because really yeah, yeah. there was an unsustainable growth spiral that it was being ended not
0: it dying but yeah yeah yeah. so we're at the two-hour mark i want to end on a high note um because a lot of this has been fairly negative if i'm being perfectly honest although it's been a very (laughs) fascinating conversation i'm actually having a really good time talking about this stuff um especially with someone else who's like on the same level of like kind of like um uh community access maybe is the best way to describe it Mm -hmm. um so I think, so this is my opinion, and let me say tell me how you feel about this. I think that X wing is going to be fine, but it's gonna take four years to get there. and as long as as long as um Disney continues to put out stuff that, of course, our fans are gonna like. So like I like what's happening with Ahsoka right now, um I've generally, like the direction that they're going in with like kind of leading up to like hopefully this a big Thrawn war something like that like i think that's going to be really good for star wars um uh, i have
1: another I, new interesting setting i haven't watched any of ahsoka but also i don't care about the spoilers at all so i have a, like a general grasp of mm-hmm. what they what i watched rebels so i'm not like totally clueless as to what the point is but well, yeah, you I watch rebels but you're not watching can...
0: ahsoka it's rebel season five i
1: know i'm just <laughs> i been busy all right <laughs> i'm doing my best i watch no. i see you
0: on there playing final fantasy 11 you're not busy
1: no. no all right so i have i've have oh my god i have played so little final fantasy 11 too the like so i did and i'm sidetracking but yeah I, i'm that mega super turbo behind on like all my hobbies and stuff just from travel mm-hmm. and, and such mm-hmm. but uh yeah i think to your high level point i broadly agree the um it's like what i want to say is like yeah we took a time machine to 2013 and they have to start op back up from the ground up but really they took a time machine to slightly worse than 2013 because not only do they have to start from effectively nothing Mm -hmm. actually
0: have to rebuild baggage
1: yeah there's a whole bunch of baggage because stores go x-wing product and have a lot of Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know about that Mm -hmm. like i got burned before and players are in the same boat where it's like you know i've been hurt before and mm-hmm. understandably like i don't i don't know yeah. and you know like yeah. there's a lot of people that genuinely really prefer the yeah. problems that amg solved that's a weird way to phrase that there's a lot of people that really prefer the old systems like mm-hmm. having bids and uh yes. upgrades and squad points yeah, taking yeah, the same yeah, stuff yeah. because they disagree that they're problems yes. uh that You know, if they're going to come back, it's a very slow gradual process. It's interesting, I'm seeing like a a surprising amount of people that I never, like personally, I don't mean to like call people out individually, like there are some people that I saw some very, some real out there rants about how AMG never knew what they were doing, blah, 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 that eventually Mm -hmm. went and tried it, like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's, I don't like it as much, but instead of a 9 out of 10, I'm having an 8 out of 10 of fun, so that's acceptable to me. It's like, that's Mm -hmm. interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think, broadly agree, um, I think I think the worst is probably behind us. I mean, at any point in time, Asmodee could come in and say, this project randomly isn't worth it. We're not going to bother anymore, right? That threat for X-Wing has been there since first edition, though. It's not like some new thing I'm bringing in. But mm-hmm. like, I don't see much, like all the scary points for X-Wing, I think,
0: are in the past. Oh, let me, let me uh, sorry, let me interject here with basically my, I hate this, I hate, I hate, when people do this, where it's like, um, AMG is like, AMG is ruining X-Wing because they don't, because like, they're not doing X, Y, or Z, right? And it's just like, Matt, bro, like, like, so they don't know what they're doing because they don't know what they're doing, right? They're just like, they're, no, it's like, bro, nobody knows what they're doing. Come on, man. Like. Right. just like just just get just get on the level like everyone's just trying their best like it's this there's no conspiracy yeah. it's not that it doesn't run that deep right
1: yeah but it's like especially I, I think i think a lot of that comes from so amg came out swinging with how they were announcing their changes mm-hmm. and i think they um i'm i'm making a lot of assumptions i want to preface this with like if it were just us talking, I wouldn't bother, but you know, and the off chance anyone actually makes it this far, like this is <laughs> a lot of, I'm making a lot of assumptions here. This is not some Chris inside knowledge. I yeah. think AMG thought that the X Wing community was more uh on the same page about like some of the problems that X Wing had. Mm-hmm. Uh second edition X Wing had. So like if you're brought into a new game and you see a bunch of people going to tournaments and fortressing, like literally just not playing the game. Yeah. You see a bunch of people bringing these massive bids. And, um, you know, so if you're a game designer, developer, whatever term you want to use, yeah, I yeah. guess developer here, and you see, you walk into a thing like that, those problems are really obvious to you. Uh, but the idea that the player base, wouldn't consider them problems because everyone who thought it was a problem selected themselves out of the community already is like a very weirder niche issue where it's mm-hmm. like everyone that thought bids and were dumb and x-wing like slowly trickled out over the game so the people that are left are the ones that enjoy it so it's like ripping the band-aid off and fixing it to the broadly more appealing game uh, assuming that it is the more you know I'm, I'm just for the sake yeah. of this conversation we have to assume that's okay. true um by the way
0: I actually results like results in a bids. lot of bad will. I but I actually like bits. I I know it's bad for the game, but 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 like <laughs> from a con- But from a gameplay per, like from a game designer's um like uh, uh elegance perspective, like like game systems elegance perspective, it's very interesting because it's like the the opportunity it gives cost you that
1: opposing force that you were worried about earlier. Well, yeah. well
0: it, no, it's like it's like the it's like an elegant system a solution to a system potential flaw, right? Which is like, you know, what do you do with the points that you don't spend? Right. And it's like, well, you use them for essentially like, you know, bidding for this like, you know, conceptual concept, right? Anything that has value. Yeah. Right. And and so it's like, yeah, like, so that becomes, so your points have additional value in a different direction. And so it's like, it's multifaceted. It's very complicated. It's very complex. Very interesting. As I said, I think it's a really, really good, not, not good. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very concept uh, it's very it's very crunchy from a game design perspective. As I said, not great for the game. Very bad for the game. Right? right? Yeah. It's very well, bad it's, for competitive.
1: I think it um,
0: There can be you can have great these. systems that are just bad for competitive play. You can yeah, just have right. that. Like they, it's, they're it's not great. they're not connected to each other, right?
1: Yeah, well the um the interesting thing is I think again this is assumption territory. Mm-hmm. If I were AMG coming into the game, I actually am not like, you know, some of the bid win rates in mirror matches were obscene, like, Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say it was like Django Fett's a good example Mm because it was the most obscene thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Django Fett playing against Django Fett, the player with the bigger bid won like 75 to 80% of the time, right? Mm -hmm. That's insanity. Um, But if, if I'm the game developer, that's actually not my primary concern. I'm willing to bet that AMG cared more about having to price upgrades against nothing as a real decision that you have to make as a player mm-hmm. because I think especially to uh, people who were not super invested in the tournament yeah. scene yeah. looking at an upgrade like heroic or yeah. Brilliant innovation so speaking or about something,
0: granularity speaking about granularity yep. like like every single upgrade had to be zero one or two points to be considerable right playing where's your granularity then right yep because it's like and it's funny because
1: like remember passive sensors was like six points and it scaled in exactly the backwards way the higher initiative you were the more expensive you were but it's because vader x1 could take it and take actions at initiative infinity yes and it's like they had to price passive sensors around like some theoretical conception of what a bid was worth instead of Yes. like the actual point which is like hey what should it cost for your low initiative things to be allowed yes, to use yes. initiative?"
0: i think that people forgot that like you know variable point cost came out of the fact that you had to you had to point your stuff around what it would cost for versus nothing to be playable but also like what broken thing it would happen with the specific initiative right right whereas now like it's you just like just don't do that
1: being base size price dependence like there's an agile gunner was base size dependent It was just like what is happening like what are some of these and like some of them you can kind of intuit what they're trying to prevent
0: and some of them are just like what what huh yeah yeah so i think um i i know there's a lot of players it's kind of funny to say this because like you hear all the vitriol and you think like oh you know like uh well, there surely there must be no new players right just from, from judging how people hate this how hate the game but actually there's actually a lot of people who came in during the pandemic who have no history yes, of so. this who have no understanding of what like what like early to mid 2.5 looked like and it wasn't even that long of a period i think it was only like a year like that period before like things kind of like settled into late 2.0 um and which is what we all remember with rose colored glasses right but like, yeah, there's just a ton of this stuff, which is like, what the heck, man? Like there were some yeah. dumb, like, you know, what's really funny. The, the tie bomber that we're in now, is just the tie bomber that we had from 2.0 when it first started yeah, more or less yeah right it's just it's yep. just like oh this is just i know what this is we we had this happen i we're there yeah, like I, I know before. exactly what i know what to do it's actually better than before because at least now they can't just all stick together and shoot you with like five uh, pro, uh barrage rockets so here's a question for you i always mm. think it's
1: really interesting to see what people would call like the meta you know like what is the because it's there's a like very much chicken egg question that goes into sure. any summary like that. So sure. right now, what is what is the meta, right? Like what is what is you know, is it the Thai bomber meta and everything centered around Han? No, it's TIE a Han bomber? meta. It's a Han meta okay. right now. It's the Han meta and everything's centered around Han. Because because, it's, Han because, or because, or because
0: Han. think you you define the meta based on what you're most likely up to run against, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be the dominant thing that shows up. And we know that Rebels is going to be the dominant force, whether it's Han or not. But Han is a, the easiest, most likely pick because it has a known quantity of success. Um, although I would argue that it's like the Luke meta because of the fucking BOI Luke. But it's the Han meta because it's the highest chance of success. It's the easiest to fly. It's like very straightforward what it does and what its value is, right? Yeah, um, and it has
1: a very, 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 very high floor. It's hard to fuck up too badly
0: yeah fly around the asteroids don't run into them basically <laughs> right
1: right keep two things in your side arc check done yeah
0: um so yeah, like it's
1: interesting because broadly i agree and um but the the, the follow-up question i was going to ask you you inadvertently mm-hmm. already answered which was like i agree it's the han meta the interesting thing is we have 400 and something luke list played and 300 and something han list played yeah yeah Uh, and they they do about as well as each other it's not particularly noteworthy difference but i think han you know like you you have to have a plan to beat han right luke does regular x-wing shit really well but but every list can be every list can kill
0: luke not every list can kill han
1: yeah, exactly. You can put Luke in the arc of your ships and just kill him. Like, yeah, he has yeah. force. He's an X-Wing, but he dies, right? But Fawn is like, yeah. okay, I have to figure out how to beat this thing that does very weird stuff that's very powerful.
0: The reason why Luke is in every list is that even though Luke dies, it just takes one or two shots too long. That's the problem. Yep. That that's why Luke is so good. But Luke is not like a problem or like an, or anything. Even at five points, even though he's like, I, I mean, I think he should be six because conceptually, if that's what they're doing with everything else, proton torpedo wise, they should be consistent across all ships. But even at five, he's okay because ultimately, like, he can be dealt with with any list. There's no list that cannot deal with him. It's just that you have to plan around it. It's more of a player so decision than you a. Said... Than
1: a... Sorry, I, I thought you were done. I'm trying to figure no, out what no, you no. meant. You said, you know, proton torpedoes are conceptually six cost ships.
0: So, every oh. ev- what they did in the last point update is that every ship, every, every X Wing in the Rebel faction that could carry oh, proton torpedoes X-wing. was okay. priced at gotcha. six points, and every X Wing that wasn't priced at six points lost a torpedo slot.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, because right? I was going to point at a lot of four and five cost stuff. Yeah. Crail or whatever, but literally none of them can take proton torpedoes. But he's not an X wing, but that's a great that's what I'm saying. The there's a four cost Y wing that rolls around with focus lock every turn that can take proton torpedoes.
0: It's not very popular because, yeah, yeah, but 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 i not. I'm talking about about X wings, yeah, yeah, right. So, like in the X, are there any other
1: six cost X wings? Wedge, no, he's five.
0: Oh, he can't take proton torpedoes anymore, that's right, yeah,
1: you got. Yeah, it's just so, the Luke's that are like laughably picked. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. uh the custom Luke and uh the yeah. standard loadout luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but, okay, uh, I got what you mean. I was just yeah, trying to yeah, yeah. piece that together and yeah, bite yeah, yeah. you on whether or not whatever is true. It's just like yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't heard that expressed that way before. I was like, yes. what do you
0: mean? Yeah, yeah. Um so anyways, like he can be dealt with. Like he's just he's just very efficient, right? But not overwhelmingly efficient, right? Uh Han really should have been eight points <laughs> you just really should well have
1: I'm gonna points. I'm gonna I actually I pretty strongly disagree on that I okay. think Biston should just be banned I think it should, not, not even like banned okay I think it's time I think Biston demonstrates that it is time for them to just rotate out a bunch of whole a whole bunch of old cards there is not a point cost that you can put on Biston that makes because like you're I would spend all of Han's loadout on Biston, no matter before I took any other upgrade ever. Right. There is not a combination of upgrades that I would take before I would take this true. Um and it really sucks because like you I don't I don't know that you can balance X Wing around just every rebel large base being allowed to shoot twice and no other faction ones are. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know how that's possible. Maybe it is. Maybe,
0: thing is, maybe somebody smarter so, than me could do so it. So the thing but, is, like it already so if Biston's not in the list, so I, I agree with you, Biston is grossly overpowered, right? But if Biston wasn't there, you would just run Veteran Turret Gunner, right?
1: But no, absolutely not. No way. The amount, the reason that Han is so good is because you can hide out and shoot twice out of the same arc. Veteran Turret Gunner's conditions for triggering are way harder to pull off, and more importantly, put you at like serious risk of death every time it happens, because it means that you are surrounded, basically. Mm-hmm. Where Han really thrives by taking shots out of the side arc at things that can't follow him the next turn because he's higher initiative.
0: Right. Hold on a second. I'm just gonna quickly open up my builder and have mm-hmm. a quick look at the other options that there might be. Uh... Yeah.
1: The only upgrade, simply not in the same faction. I'll fill time for you. So Ghost Company does the same thing in Republic, but Republic doesn't have a like real turret. You could do it with a lat and like clone commander cody and double strain things but there are no high initiative lats, so that straining stuff isn't particularly useful right
0: so yeah, but yeah mean...
1: rebels have an embarrassing lack of interesting or cool gunners
0: so yeah. <laughs> yeah um bistan yeah i mean so i agree bistan is a problem problem card because it's it's you're right like every ship I think Han at seven makes sense if Biston doesn't exist. Right. I yeah. think I think all of the uh, In and fact Lando and Han... Leia could probably go down to six. Like Shui could go down right, to six yeah. if Biston doesn't exist. I don't
1: even know that Han is good at seven without Biston. He might be, but I kinda doubt it. No,
0: he he's fine at seven without Biston because Boy Han was already seeing play before Han dropped to seven. Yeah.
1: Well and but right. Boy Han I would argue is much better than standard without piston obviously so
0: so without Biston, um d- d- i had i had builds that were like doing funky weird stuff without piston um but where that would function without piston had like good value that would be justifiable right um uh stuff that you could do with uh with bays and that kind of stuff like there was like I had, I had one build that was, like, you could double focus and evade, and you could just bump it to them, and then take the red focus, and it's just, like, it's just, like, oh, what if I just had all the tokens, and, like, I just rammed into you, and I got a quality range one shot. like Yeah, but, like, at a certain point, it's, like, I, I don't know how useful it is to stack a
1: trillion focus tokens on Han, because, like, well, seven would cost be a, Han.
0: It would be, like, focus, focus, evade, and then so like, now you got, like, title rerolls as well built into your to your attacks. Yeah, that's what right? I mean.
1: It's like if you're getting shot that many times a turn, probably because like Boy Han gets focus evade re-rolls. And uh like generally you don't burn through all your tokens every turn, even when you're being focused down. But like and it's rebels, so you know it could be focus mm-hmm. evade, 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 you know, as many evades as you want, because of jen mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, like I don't I'm trying to decide. So let's say let's take tokens out of it. Let's just if mm-hmm. Han solo were seven points and his ability was you know, when attacking, you always roll max hits. When defending, you always roll max evades. I don't know that that would be worth seven. I mean, it it's might not be.
0: that it's not that different than Boyhan because the only additional value Boyhan has is the coordinate, and honestly, that coordinate doesn't happen that often, right? Like yeah, the real I, advantage I think when is the reroll. it does happen, it's right?
1: very game changing. But yeah, I broadly agree. Like yeah,
0: yeah. right. And so yeah, like I if... don't
1: think this cause. Is... Han at seven would be much different than Boy Han other than like edge cases basically
0: yeah right and so if that's the case then yeah they should both be, they should they can both exist at that at that, that price point right now is one maybe slightly better than the other and take advantage yeah, maybe but like that doesn't
1: particularly matter which one is the funny thing it's like it's fine,
0: right whatever. exactly so like uh, so I, I think that I mean I so I agree with you basically Bistan and I don't know hmm. I don't know like I guess I guess it would just have to go cuz I was going to be like, saying like what if we eradicated it so that it was like small base only or or mid base only or something like that maybe then it would be like yeah. good but then it's like I don't know it's yeah, that, what's like, the point like, what's what are you point? trying to preserve what are we what are we trying to maintain here right so it's like yeah the double tap is like inherently problematic for rebels um it's something that you know what sorry problematic is not not the right word it is something that we're always going to have to design around and, and AMG's already taken a stance that they don't want to do that. Yep. So they should do the consistent thing and just remove him from the game. Yeah.
1: And it's funny because like there's a lot of cards like that that um I mean, so I did uh, second edition playtesting for FFG for all of second edition for points stuff, mm-hmm. which is not to like give some argument from authority or whatever. Uh, it's just to say that there's a lot of those. There's so many cards where it's like you know, this card breaks this card, and you know X Y Z thing can never be allowed to take A B C thing, or some horrible thing happens, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm shocked that more of that stuff
0: hasn't broken as they move to the loadout system. Well, because... it's it was designed to to remove a lot of that that that, and like you know, like A plus B plus X breaks Z because yeah, because the lo- because inherently um, each piece is self can be self-regulated within it, like so. The problem you have with and this is like the game design thing, right? Is like the problem you have with integrated systems is that one part, if a one part breaks, it affects a whole bunch of other parts, right? And so yep. that was what was happening with the two balancing is that like, oh, you had to finely tune the whole system together in order to have a something resembling balance. And if something yeah, breaks, well, that's, that's... it breaks a bunch of things, right?
1: Well, that's really what I mean. Like yeah. directly is, FFG had all that like institutional knowledge for why certain right. things are expensive or whatever. But that's but AMG why the didn't. Presumably, I don't like. I don't think right. there was ever a handoff well, of FFG developers so saying, what... "Hey, mm-hmm. this stuff is this expensive." So like, when AMG starts changing both sides of the equation and saying, "Hey, we're going to change upgrade prices and ship loadouts at what... once," right. it's shocking to me that there haven't oh, been major step ups right. where it's like, "Oh, we fucked up and forgot." and exists and Han, like Han is destroying yeah. the game now right well, or whatever that,
0: that's what I'm trying to get at is that the loadout system was the way to avoid that because if you yeah, isolate I, each ship I agree then it becomes, and understand yeah. it's
1: the it's not that I don't get that that's like that's the point of loadout right at a high level right. that's why it was such a godsend like when they announced that I was like oh that would have been so nice all those years yeah uh, for exactly that reason the part that's surprising to me is um that there just haven't been more mistake like there have been a lot of point mistakes right? Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, even the document updates. Like, Mace, Mm -hmm. you know, the document is correct. Mace isn't supposed to have a configuration. And then a few months later, all right, we edited the document. He has a configuration slot now, right? Like, there's been a lot of mistakes like that. And there's just so many interacting pieces
0: where it's, like...
1: But Sorry, they don't have to change like, that
0: much actually. If you think about how much they actually have to change and how much they have actually changed, it's not a dramatic amount. So they're no, they're retaining know, a but... lot of that institutional knowledge, but but the separation means that when they do the point adjustments, it if they mess up one thing, it doesn't affect anything else, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It's 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 not that they'll suddenly have a bunch of chips that are broken. It's more like um like here's a good example of a ship that totally breaks the game. Not one that's yeah. been relevant in two. I don't even think it's ever been legal in 2.5. Uh, supernatural reflexes, Kylo, were in with prime thrusters destroys the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is on the table and he moves last, there there's no game to play. Um, I, someone's hearing that and yelling at me, but you're you're wrong. It it destroys the game. Um, there are a lot of different random minor upgrade combinations like that that do a lot of harm that like aren't worth. Going down, but like that, make the game unfun, like Tragedy Sim plus Bombs is a good example, plus Sabine, um, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, whoops, game broke. Um, and AMG, like, especially the last points update they did, changed a lot of stuff. Like, almost every ship in the game's loadout changed, and then also every yeah. upgrade in the game basically changed in price. And there were a lot of opportunities for stuff to blow open sideways that just haven't. And I don't know if that's because people haven't, you know, much like the Mandalorian, haven't, like you're saying, haven't looped back around and tried it, or got lucky or there's someone with a crazy spreadsheet of all that shit that caught it all but
0: here's here's my uh here's my my turn to get people mad at me maybe they're just good at designing
1: no don't be ridiculous
0: (laughs) maybe they're just actually good at the game development side maybe they actually know what they're doing
1: oh you want my insane schizo conspiracy theory
0: (laughs) okay sure
1: uh related to being good at design uh so they have the new upgrade card layout I, if I were AMG, well, if if I were AMG, the first thing I would have done is killed the game and relaunched it as a hobby game, which would be sad to me personally because I would never play that game, but it would probably make more money. So that didn't happen. So my next insane schizo conspiracy theory is <laughs> uh, at some point, hopefully soon, they will just ban all the upgrade cards that don't have a release in that new format. So like...
0: No, that's not going to happen. I... Why is that?
1: Why is it not going to happen?
0: Because, because it would be really, it would take away a lot of the inherent, like, kind of like crunchiness of the game that people are expecting. When
1: I say soon, I mean like when all the starter sets have launched, not like two weeks from now. I mean like a year and a half from now.
0: Still, still. So, like, I think, I think that, um, i think that the idea of like oh we're gonna just not make any new upgrades i think that's a thing and they're just gonna work with the existing set i could see that happening something like that um
1: so you're you're calling it now no rotation ever that's a bold uh, take i mean i
0: don't i don't think i don't think that no rotation ever is out of the realm of possibility i think the most likely strategy is to just not make any new stuff that any new upgrades that they create will be under standardized loadout and then we have the basically the pool of like customizable stuff that we have and or if they do add it it'll just be a very small amount of new stuff right um
1: i'm making you pick a side, though you gave me two very different takes when i said they're going to do a rotation you said absolutely not and then i said they're not going to do a rotation you said no no
0: you said you said you said they're gonna you said they're gonna ban anything that's not the new format which is a big ban Right.
1: yeah so let me let me be clear more clear what i okay. mean because what i'm attempting to say is over the next however long they're releasing re-releasing some product and putting out all these starter sets yeah when that process has completed and got sufficiently big i would expect them to rotate out everything old like all the conversions and okay. only upgrade cards. okay which is I really can, what i'm getting at when i say okay i
0: could see that stuff. i could see that like just basically making the the standard basically anything that you can get from a Two box set, uh, plus like but excluding conversion kits essentially.
1: Probably yeah. Um. Uh, so like they did something similar for MCP. I want to say a year mm-hmm. or two ago. Mm-hmm. They but they for MCP they've been printing upgrade or not upgrades sorry yeah the replacing the everything. stuff so, yeah i mean okay, yeah they yeah. said so everything I could, from before this point is gone yeah
0: i could see that i could see that happening as long as the the the, the data set is like sufficiently large so that you're not yeah. excluding a large portion like of the if you did it
1: right now there'd be like two talents in the game and five bombs yeah. and two missiles that, and that's that that why i'm like, that's like, that's like obviously not but...
0: very no way man <laughs> that's why but i hard noted because i was like that's stupid
1: did you um i don't know if you paid attention to the upgrades in the starter set but um i noticed that there's no crack shot. There's no, there's none of the really complicated weird upgrades in any of the expansions so far. It's all stuff that are like staples, but like not ones that have FAQ staples. So like the most complicated card Mm -hmm. I saw in there was saturation salvo. Yes. Which has the whole like up to X dice versus Mm -hmm. exactly that many dice question. But yeah, there's no crack shot. There's no debris gambit. There's no, I think,
0: I think that,
1: which I thought was very, suspicious
0: well i think that um they probably just didn't want to have to balance crack shot into the starter sets
1: yeah i mean it's, i think crack shot in particular is like very clearly too complicated to be in a starter set
0: yeah like just in general right yeah. but it is then, really that it was but absent. but they from. wouldn't but they wouldn't put it i don't think they would have put it into either the two new sets because I don't think crackshot was either in either of them originally in one either,
1: and it would—it's really weird that they shipped Tomax Brin, whose pilot talent is your reload can recharge a, uh, pilot talent charge, instead of munitions, which is literally only crackshot, and then didn't put crackshot with him. That's my this is part of the basis of my insane insane schizo theory. And it could be an so, oversight.
0: Well, I I would say it's more likely, for first of all there's no there's no correlation with upgrades going on ships that can use them cuz we already had we already had Fen-Rau not be able to take afterburners yeah
1: well or right, the the 2400 has cannons in it and yeah. uh yeah yeah it has no yeah. something else in it Gunners, I yeah, yeah, yeah. i think I don't yeah. Know if a gunner
0: or whatever i i think so when when i was doing the um when i was doing the collection and i was looking at at it i was like but wait a minute
1: oh, your response is nonsensical. The TIE bomber's never been released in second edition. There's no precedent to follow.
0: Well, the, but so I was referring to the 1.0 releases, actually. Um, oh, gotcha. So, because, like, like, for example, like the the y, well, YT has Lando crew um, Yeah, Rebel Land. Right. Re- Rebel Land crew, right. Which is like, oh, that's weird. Why would they? But that was in the original YT release, which is. Um,
1: i don't i mean do you think that amg cares what cards came out in first edition product
0: i think what they're trying to do is um trying to because it takes less work is take whatever happened in 1.0 for a conversion for like a re-release right take whatever happened in 1.0 put the appropriate 2.0 cards in there because that's what they would they would they would naturally come out with and then do the things that they want to do with it so they use that as a baseline uh-huh. and then they would like build off of it that's what that's i would my think my
1: sc- my uh, schizo conspiracy theory is only fueled by the fact that they would release cannons in the YT twenty four hundred just to get them in the re-released card pool because they know they're not printing other things with cannons soon. Uh, which I mean, isn't true clearly because gunboats exist, but maybe they don't want
0: to print HLCs with it.
1: Or they want it to be available in other places or whatever.
0: I think that um I think that like the uh, the reality is is that it doesn't really matter if crack shots in it or not, because like who really uses I mean, Tomex's friends <laughs> right no one does it's a right, stupid ability like, that
1: was ported poorly from first edition that doesn't yeah. really work um, yeah
0: it doesn't it doesn't matter you know yeah, um,
1: yeah it's the, the reason I bring it up at all is I think Crackshot is an example of a card that if I were inheriting X-Wing I would look at just, and go just this get is rid a of it. horrible idea this should have never existed
0: you know what though they could have gotten rid of it when they got rid of all the other cards though there was no reason they couldn't but have got rid of then.
1: The other cards they all got rid of all very much had a like pattern to them. It was all stuff that fucked with dials, basically. Yes. And they eroded some stuff similar to crack, like your paint. Got the whole, you know, yeah, you can break yeah, your yeah. lock. But crack shot yeah. notably didn't, which is interesting.
0: Well, so but the thing is that they could have easily justified it if they wanted to. They could have said that crack oh, shot sure. is, yeah. is also like a situation where there's no agency or no chance to respond, or right?
1: You follow a conspiracy brain, and you know it's because <laughs> they're going to kill it eventually. All right, it's at the guillotine. It just doesn't know it yet.
0: Why? Why would they do it now? Did they just like not think about it at the time? You think? Well, because what would stop them from just being like, yeah, we're just gonna. We're just going to remove it.
1: Oh, I just don't think there's any, like if, so if, if you were to task me, if you made my job to like make X-Wing more maintainable in the future Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I had like a 10-year X-Wing plan or something, part of that would be planning out a rotation. Sure. um, I I, I think rotation is fine, personally. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. So like, if you play, did you ever play Pokemon TCG?
0: No. Okay. So something they did. I'm way more old school than that. So no. Yeah.
1: Okay so something they did which worked pretty well was um they would keep tabs on what stuff was rotating in the card pool by occasionally printing those cards as promos mm-hmm. um so like okay we're going to re- we're going to cycle out set's A through C but we really want this particular card to be in the thing for another year so, they make so we're going to print a promo we're going to make a promo of it which makes it legal for another year into right. the next cycle so there was some management of cards that were going to be legal with like a some foresight in it right right
0: um and it's
1: not like we want this to be you know so it's like all right well in the next set we're gonna have these cards so let's just start getting them out there let
0: me let me let me let me break up your schizo series with just some with just some knowledge so we already know that it's a three-year three-year production cycle so you think that they have enough knowledge or information to be able to make meta 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 predictions from three years in advance uh no.
1: I don't think that's accurate. I don't think it's... So or I wanna, two, or I even if it's should, two
0: years. Two years, no, you think no, they no, can no. make...
1: It's, if you're saying meta, then I'm communicating what I'm trying to say badly. Because it, right. it has nothing to do with meta. It's, uh, it's if you were going to make the game, what kind of cards would you want to be in it? Right. And I think a lot of the cards that have problems not
0: being in the core set is, yeah. uh, is, is kind of telling of the cards that they want people to play. Maybe, but also they could just get rid of them right now there's nothing stopping them from doing it there, there's no reason to do yeah. a uh, um the cloak and dagger to get rid of these cards well they could just just remove them right away
1: so I the, the frustrating thing is I agree with what you're saying but what you're saying is not a response to what I'm saying so I'm <laughs> communicating my point poorly the, the point isn't that they're trying to cloak and dagger I'm saying it's an insane schizo post because I have no way of knowing what their plan is or whatever yeah. right okay uh it's more of just a like from a long-term plan they're they have to rotate things at some point. Second edition stuff is as old as first edition was now, mm-hmm. right? And we're seeing—I mean, they already banned one big set of cards, and we're seeing, you know, the seams with stuff like Bistin, um, and some other cards too. But Bistin's like the obvious offender. Where it's like, well, this is stupid. Um, they're gonna have to either go through and just like ban cards one at a time, or much cleaner would be like, look, there's gonna be a transitionary period until AMG X-wing is complete. At some point in time in the future, we're just gonna rotate it to cards that we've selected to print because they're fun and then done,
0: right? Sure. I think um I know there are gonna be people who don't like that. I personally don't care. Like I think that because I mean, maybe my mindset I get my mindset is more on the competitive side, and reality is is that it doesn't matter what the pool is as long as there is a pool. Right. Yeah, and, and as long list as building is worth, worth
1: in it. Yeah. Right,
0: and, and list building is always within a within a within a series of constraints. Anyways, like the 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 fun part of list building is about within the constraints, how do you make something work? Right, um and so that doesn't bother me personally, and like I don't care if upgrades get removed or uh, well, okay, that's not true. If BB gets from removed. I'll be very... I, I, I what mean, if they
1: fl- remove BB-8, but there's a standard loadout Poe Dameron that has BB-8 on it?
0: Oh, then I'm okay. It's fine.
1: Actually, <laughs> That's a... how did, do you like the new BB-8 slash bb So, um...
0: Hmm. How do I describe this? Um, I played two tournaments with the... Well, no, I've been playing BB-8 Poe all throughout, right? The Right, yeah. Okay, so I'll start with my anecdote, which is not related to my point, but I want to get it out because I started it up already. Good, as one does. So... Um in the current points, I've played BBA Po now in two tournaments, and I haven't lost a game yet. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Um, uh, I believe that. Um, but so I think um, the system phase BBA reposition is more interesting um from a, Strategy perspective, but also more difficult to play. So,
1: with like as the player, you're saying, as right? the player, as the player, yeah. And so, yeah, I think,
0: a- I think, as in terms of the functionality of the card and what it does for Poe, I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever, right? So, like, uh, in terms of like, because it's action economy at the at the force at the at the at the end of the day, right? I get to do a free reposition. Plus I get an action and I remove the stress that's still there. Right. right? the the core of what BB makes BB 8 so good is that. Right. Um, and then I get to take my normal action. So I get double, I get my double action economy without ever taking a stress. Right. right? And so
1: meanwhile, the true degenerate part of BB eight, which was now that I've seen what all your stuff is going to do, I'm going to decide to move my ship and then my ship and then move my ship.
0: Yes. So uh, it's gone. But on the other, on the other side, you can, now you cannot block Poe and, prevent right. his double action economy because i i ever. ever because i just reposition a system phase i take a target lock and then i bump it into a ship and yep. take red focus and it's like oh you didn't yep. do anything to stop me right so so now he's unstoppable in terms of action economy um and he can still do the reposition stuff that and block i and so but it's just harder now because you have to actually think about it you have to think okay what is my opponent going to do so how do i what's the position move that I take that will prevent that from happening and then so so like you can't just like see the board and just make a decision you have to like think about what your opponent's doing and then do the same thing right but I think a good player normally knows what they're going to do anyways that's why they set the dial in a specific <laughs> way on poe regardless right. so that you're like i'm about g- this already yeah i think he's gonna do this so i'm gonna like set up this so that i can do this when it happens and then oh it just it's that's what happened and then it's more about when things happen outside of that it's like i didn't predict this that's when the bb poe old bb poe is more valuable because it's like yeah. oh i Right, fucked you up. can do some serious adapting yeah i i, See, I, I fucked experience up playing
1: git. So, BB-8 is, obviously, I would strongly prefer to play against the erotic BB-8 where my opponent can't just like figure it out in post. Like, oh, mm-hmm. what do I need? How do I need to boost barrel roll yeah, my yeah. way out of this nonsense? Alright, whatever. Yeah. Done. But the weird thing is like, when I was playing against an old BB-8 Poe, mm-hmm. I knew that no matter what I did, there was no answer that would be correct. So you could, as long as Poe had BB-8 charges, you could write off ever shooting him if your opponent mm-hmm. had a brain. Yes. Right? So it's almost harder to play against new VPA because you have because, because there is like, a correct answer. There is a correct answer. I ought to be able to solve for it, and more importantly, I have to be able to solve for it. Because if yeah, because yeah. I have to be able to shoot Poe. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. I told I'm going to lose the game. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah, yes. And so, so very but, funny. But the other thing is but It's
1: a significantly more fair feeling, but I find myself more frustrated, which is funny.
0: Yeah, it's it's it is um so I actually like it more now. Um, well, okay, it's hard to, but it's hard to qualify that because um, it's because of the loadout system and everything um, that this BB-8 Po is better because for the majority of 2.0, when you had BB-8, it was under the old point system. So again, yeah, you, you were, didn't
1: have a bid because of it. You didn't have didn't a bid, have or you bid. had
0: to like sacrifice a lot of other stuff. Like, I I joke that my list now is basically my world's twenty nineteen list, but I added Kaz. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like oh, cool, right? free Kaz, free Kaz. It's it like that. That to was go back my back and bid. Look at lists. Yeah. So at uh, LSO, just before two point five stuff happened, I played yeah. a seven fleet gunner lat. I don't even remember if had seven fleet gunner two arcs and EDA Anakin with like an ion cannon. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine trying to play that now? That's a eight twelve like 16 point list yeah yeah yeah. like you just get walked over and none of those ships had any upgrades right yeah yeah absolutely ridiculous
0: so but so the the main thing was the the is that because of the 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 shift like i would always load up my po but now i can put more stuff with it but also like i can put more stuff on the po because i'm not competing against the bid right so like so my po so you understand it is bba po hlc uh ferrosphere
1: overdrive ferosphere?
0: i'm sure overdrive lone wolf baffle
1: yep that all seems reasonable
0: yeah and so the, the one suggestion that
1: suggestion i have for you is i'm not sure it's it's not as relevant now that grievous is an everywhere without maneuver is uh the dankest thing i've ever seen in x-wing is people throwing the underslung blaster turrets on their t70s with the i was didn't have uses for, so, so i just was turn considering off it,
0: so i was considering it but um but HLC is too important. And I, I'm not taking yeah, torpedoes I, on it, right? Right. So, and it's
1: not worth dropping Baffle for. So
0: Yes. And so the things that I never had points for before was Baffle and Lone Wolf. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's new. And before I was running some proton torpedo variant, right? Um, but those, those things are new and those really are a game changer for BB-8. Because now I can... Have the so the additional twist that makes your as a, the opposing player more difficult is now I can bb it and not stress, which means nope. which means that I can do white maneuvers as well as my as the decision making tree and i tr- and I signal that to you as um as I'm doing the system phase. So I'm giving you basically some information which is gonna make your life more complicated. Right. right. If I do, well, a... it's
1: brutal because, like, you can BB8 boost and then like allen roll. Even for example, you don't want to, but you have yes. the dice mods from Lone Wolf. Yes. And yeah, it turns into, It turns into like an EDA Anakin, except EDA Anakin doesn't have an HLC. So type I'll tell you
0: the I'll tell you the dream. I did the dream in the last tournament that I played. All right. This is the dream. All right. BB8 boost, or sorry, in BB8 barrel roll. Right. So I started with a yep. barrel roll. I didn't stress. So now my whole dial's opened up, right? Um yep. for strength, focus, slam into 5k. Yep. How do you block that? I mean, right, you, you don't. And <laughs> the um
1: the funny thing is like you did the you did the scene from the movie, right? I like... think.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And so so you end up with Uh, Ion, Stress, Stress, uh, Focus, and Lone Wolf for the reroll. If you get behind someone... I got a range one, so it didn't matter, but you can get behind someone to HLC them, right? Right. Um, That's the dream. And then you just baffle off one of the stresses. And next turn, you just do do balloon mover. They have to... K. So in the specific... I literally took on four ships, got behind the whole list. Um, They had to K-turn to get... And they had no mods because they were all K-turning. Right. Right. Uh, they couldn't punch enough damage through to kill Poe, which means that I'm I'm, getting, I'm running away next turn. I'm I'm Scott free. Yeah, and
1: now they're all stress facing the wrong direction.
0: Facing the wrong direction, and the rest of my list is coming in behind. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like uh, it's like the dream. It's like yeah, you can't. It's very tough to to deal with him if you do it right, and you can do insane stuff like that. And if I did, and I and you can make that decision as soon as I see the four straight and I see where the position is. I don't have to. 4k 5k i can just yeah you just can i can just three bank out and run away right i could have boosted Mm -hmm. and three banked and then just been out of the engagement
1: it, right. Or even done some combination of like turns, talon rolls, blah blah yes, blah blah blah. Like exactly. The, it's it's to the point of where trying to predict it isn't a waste of time because you can guess the goal at a high level, but the specific set of maneuvers is like the tree is so large that it, like I feel like an idiot every time I even try to guess what my opponent, like yeah. what spot is Poe going to be in. It's not even yeah. worth trying to figure yeah. out. I just need yeah. to make sure that if he's here, I have something pointed yeah. there.
0: Yeah. So the so I so I was actually bringing this up in the Reddit recently. I think, and this is maybe this my hot take, and you can you can shit on it if you want. This is fun. Um, My hot take is that uh, you, if you take seven point po, you should only put BBA on it. If you are taking, um, if you are doing R four fair overdrive, just go to six point po.
1: Um, I kind, I so I don't have enough. I haven't played enough po with enough po to have like a strong Mm -hmm. opinion for what's correct or not. Broadly, I think that makes sense at a high level. Um, I, can, but I can go into details as why. But... No, I was gonna I'm gonna end up agreeing with you likely because I think a lot of this I don't remember exactly how the points work out, but I think the same is largely true for six cost po too, where especially because of the way six cost pro works, you end up wanting to take pattern analyzer overdrive. And does that leave enough for BB eight is the question. I don't remember. No, it doesn't. Yeah, how oh, easily. Yeah. Uh it depends on what other stuff you're willing to drop. But yeah, like the um the synergy between a Poe that stresses himself every other turn, BB eight and pattern is quite silly. Oh uh, I don't know that it's worth six points, but does very similar things for a point cheaper. Uh just doesn't have the get out of jail free and or massively outplay maneuver well, things. So, so here's issue
0: here's why you don't take this BBA on Commander Poe. Um, so the get out of jail free is literally what you're paying the extra point for. right, right? yeah and, and and it's important because um, the get out of jail free is what um, allows you to play seven point Poe in first place and it also seven points is a very awkward number for the opponent because they either because in order for them to efficiently joust against Poe well not while not giving up enough points, they need to commit at least eight points or more, usually. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean the Han exists, which kind of throws a giant
1: wrench into all this. But yeah, for no, stuff that's but, trading shots, that's generally but, true. But
0: the thing is that like if Han is like facing off against Poe only, right? Well, but that's that the po point. Is, Han
1: doesn't face off against things, right? It's just like if Poe is present in a place that he can shoot, but, Han but is po,
0: Arc is half the board. But Poe can Poe is the one of the only ships that can actually get around his arc. Because he's got sure, so much just, maneuverability.
1: Right. It's just, you know, like
0: uh I say this as someone who's done it.
1: No, no. The the right, point right? is not Poe can't be wherever he wants on the board. The point is your opponent's Han also has like a brain, or hopefully the, you know, they might. And you know, they they can position their Han such that, you know, either Poe, if he's shooting, is somewhere that is gonna get shot by maybe it's a bad shot, right? But like Poe is at some risk of Han multiple times in the game or um you know Poe isn't contributing super well that turn where he's not just because of how
0: big the large base firing arcs are, right? Like it's almost t- a third of the board. I can tell covered. you from experience that that doesn't happen because um, a. So either you commit right, Han I'm calling
1: out opponents. Let's see,
0: uh, Stephen Kim. So so hold on a second. Um, right. Listen to my com. listen to my argument first and see oh, if this I is am necessary. listening. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling up your opponents. So though. so the. The reality is, is that if you want to put Han in front of an arc where he can actually like shoot against Poe, right? Mm-hmm. I ha- you have to basically joust in some some capacity, or like like at least put him close enough that that's like within reason. Yeah, he's gonna get right? shot at. Agreed. But he doesn't have to get shot at. The, the point is, is that I put Poe oh, by himself. Oh, I thought you were talking about
1: Han. Sorry. I'm saying Han is right. going to get shot at, yeah. to be right. enough. So you put you
0: put Poe him by himself. Back. So either Han is only shooting at one target, which means his seven points are even more useless than my seven points, which is favorable to mm-hmm. me. Right? Or I'm doing an arc dodge situation, which is like po is either, Han is either not shooting at Poe or he is um just getting the one shot. Right
1: yeah the the point is that um so I hundred percent agree that you can arc Dodge a Han every turn with Poe without putting in much effort even yeah uh, the The part at which I think we disagree is your opponent's Han has enough agency where he can threaten Poe being in useful places while still shooting other things, or ought to be able to.
0: like if, if they're putting as mm-hmm. much effort into playing Han as you are Poe. That statement should be true, but, but the problem is, is that like I only Poe only has to worry about Han for the most part. Um, yes, and the and Han has to worry about Poe plus the rest of the list because Han's value is in fact shooting multiple things, which means multiple yeah. things are going to be an arc, right? I've got a okay. position advantage, and so what I can just do is focus down Han in that case, right? And whatever I trade out will be yeah. will be in my value.
1: Um. Yes and no. Usually when Han trades, it's roughly evenly. That's why it's so strong. Is Even if you just YOLO joust, you come out roughly even with most but
0: lists. But my point is it won't be a YOLO joust, right? It can't be. Right? If, well, if I'm Han saying, is focusing on dodging... They are
1: YOLO jousting, not you. So their if, Han YOLO jousts the rest of your list is
0: what I'm trying to communicate. Right. So if so, they
1: do that, they're going to trade roughly evenly with their Han points. Right, right. So,
0: okay, So but see, so in, this, in this situation... In this situation, if they're Yolo jousting the rest of the list, Han's not in front of Poe, which means you've got to put equivalent points in front of Poe, or Poe's going to get behind everything and shoot for free.
1: Yeah. I, okay. Let me. I'm going to. I'm going to try yeah. to rephrase this. <laughs> so, would you agree that a Han with a side arc can put your with if he has no concern for his own safety at all, yep. can get yes. roughly your entire list if it's Yolo jousting. Yes. Uh, not Poe if Poe is nowhere, whatever, the, whatever else is in the rest of your list, yeah. that Han is going to be able to get a couple of those ships in his arc if he's willing to sacrifice his Poe, or his Han, right?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah.
1: then the next step in the chain is, would you agree that he can do that and then point, while he's getting your little part of your list not named Poe Dameron in his arc pretty trivially right. easily because he's a large base turret, that he can right. also point his other arc in a way that kind of controls where your Poe is if you don't want to get shot. Not that no. you can't be there.
0: No, I don't agree with that. Okay. I, he's got to so, pick one or the other.
1: Um, so let's say your opponent's Han is in the direct center of the board at the end of turn one, like mm-hmm. literally standing on the middle objective. So mm-hmm. one side of the board has your list in it that isn't named mm-hmm. Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. And Han has another arc, right? That's the Poe can't be here arc. I don't like yeah. regardless of whether so, or not he is there, that's so the, that's the part that so I can, can't go so to can the shot. So I
0: can have so I can Poe either come in at ninety degrees, forty-five degrees, or in some extreme cases. No, no, no. no hang on, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait,
1: wait, wait. Where are your whole step ahead. That's this yeah, is yeah. where the this is where the lack in communication is. So I'm not saying that your Poe is going to be in that arc. I'm saying that portion of the board that is the rest of his firing arc is places that Poe you don't want Poe to be, right? Like Han has another. I'm literally trying to say Han has another firing arc. Yes. That isn't I'm, saying, on your list. I'm saying I'm no, saying no, that. Wait. It, yeah, yeah. Please. I'll okay, get there. I promise. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So all I'm trying to say is that Han gets a vote because he also has an angle. So he gets a whole extra firing arc to say Poe can't be here. And mm-hmm. not that you have to be in it. I'm just saying that your opponent's Han gets a vote where your Poe isn't going to be. Right. By having a second firing arc. Right.
0: Sure. So. Okay. Here's yeah, that's where. It, it, that's the he, end of my argument. Here's where it doesn't matter. Right. So, if um, if Han, if Han's second firing arc is in the direction of Poe and nothing else is shooting at him, right? He mm-hmm. just goes into the arc. He doesn't care. Sure. Right. Yeah, I believe that. Right. And but if there are other ships that are contesting him, he wouldn't go into that arc. But if there are other ships contesting him, then it's my same argument: is that you need to put eight or more points in front of Poe to justify pushing him off yeah right?
1: I, the, the only part i'm really gonna fight you slash disagree on is i don't <laughs> think there's like hard point lines like this like i don't think you know if you submitted me a paper for peer review that said chris my opponent must commit at least eight points to fight my poe and there are no right. edge cases or no other cases i would you know i would fail your peer so re- peer so review the paper. premise of the but, premise I, of how my list what works? i but what you're trying to communicate yeah. i think is if my opponent doesn't commit roughly 8ish points something more expensive than poe they aren't going to be able to kill him without him just leaving and them accomplishing nothing that i accept and agree with
0: well it's twofold cuz the main strategy of the list is it's not just about it's not about, it's about um what you put in front of poe but it's what's left over to fight the rest of the list right if i'm right. given the point advantage yeah. and all of my ships are hyper efficient right because i'm running a four ship list i have no choice well, right
1: I mean everyone's list is hyper that's the point, right? right Every right. list is hyper So
0: but that's why like the the those those point comparisons matter, right? So you're saying like if I can pull away more points from from the rest of the engagement onto Poe and and basically reduce the effective firepower overall of the rest of the list, then that just becomes more favorable on on the other side. Which means that I can the arc dodging that is in the rest of my list becomes even more valuable right, right?
1: The, like the this is kind of a dangerous argument you're making though because yeah. like we could change some proper nouns and your opponent would be able to say the same thing back to you like so mm-hmm. let's say i am playing republic and i say yeah. you know i can we can say replace everything you said about poe dameron with um like delta 7b anakin yes. right and you would correctly say 7b anakin is not as maneuverable as though which would be true right yes. um uh, but broadly at a high level most of the same arguments apply and Mm -hmm. then you can't both like say i have the split engagement and the thing that has to have more than seven points worth of stuff to shoot at it and win like you're you're basically you're both trying to do
0: the same strategy at a high level but but that's but i would say that so i would say that anakin do can do that in a similar way to poe just not in the same way like not the same tactic but the same strategy you can do i would say that that's, yeah, that's exactly. true right so yeah. so anakin okay, can so i
1: thought you were trying to say that there's something um
0: i'm gonna say unique but there is something unique no. about poe but to the broader it's a, strategy. It's, a it's a tactic that's yeah, unique about poe but the strategy is still yeah can make them commit more points against poe uh, so that he gets value even if he doesn't engage right right
1: and which is really the the goal of all of these like I was gonna Ace. say six plus cost ships, yeah. but Vader exists and he, yeah, yeah. he can just punch things in the face. He can just punch it. things. So in I guess the I face. should say seven plus cost ships. Yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. really is just Anakin and
0: Poe now that I think about it. But yeah. Is that true? Is <laughs> no, there a third? It's not
1: true.
0: I mean Ray exists and like there's other ships that Yeah, Ray just right?
1: has a like a lot of other weird random vulnerabilities. i there's is that uh, I guess like Defender Vader, but it's also a very different mm-hmm. lifestyle. So
0: But yeah,
1: I mean, but yeah, broadly I agree with what you're trying to say. I just, um, as you may find, I get very frustrated with specifics like that because I think, um, Mm -hmm. like, my opponent must commit at least eight points. It's like I agree with everything you're saying, minus the exact that eight number. That's the part that I don't like. Well, it's like there
0: might be. It's it's more about like, it's not that they don't that that the eight is the magic number. It's just that if they are committing seven points or less, right? Um, then I'm just I'm just straight jousting. If they're committing eight or more points then I'm potentially arc dodging depending yeah. on what those points well, are.
1: Well, that's what I mean. And I, as, soon, as as long as that statement is broadly like about seven-ish points, then I'm happy. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I know that there are seven points in X-Wing that you would not joust with though. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure we could find it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's eight points that you would joust I, I, that we could make very easily. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Like if someone shows sure, up sure. with like two terrible Y-Wings, sure. like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just killing these
0: yeah yeah um, um, yeah, yeah. i, I mean uh, yeah it's it's not they're not they're not hard rules but it's just like it's okay. well kind i'm of glad point.
1: you saved your han opponents that you played from shame and also i couldn't find them on list fortress so <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's surprisingly hard it actually makes me happy that um like if you search for player names and then site list like you can find people's games i really shouldn't be advertising this as like a way to stop people but it's a thing we're we're at three
0: hours do. in no one's listening anymore it's fine that's true <laughs>
1: But like, yeah, like, you know, I can very quickly find all of your games. I feel like at some point we found a way to disable this kind of scraping for List Juggler. I say we I was not part of List Juggler mm-hmm. anything. But uh that probably would be a good thing to not let people do now that I think about it. As much mm-hmm. as I like doing it. Like, yeah. oh, you were at the twenty twenty three World Championship. You got thirty sixth. Yeah. Played against these people. It's like, whoa, can, this might be
0: You can do that in Long Shank, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah.
1: And I mean it's not like it's all if anybody wanted, like, I have a full local copy of List Fortress, and not even like a scraped database, or not even like the actual database, just scraped for the from the APIs. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it no, to just be limiting future damage.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so we're at the three-hour mark. Uh, I'm honestly, we could keep talking if we want. I feel like this is good, good enough for the podcast. I don't want to mm-hmm. um, drain our, I don't know, whatever viewership we're gonna have, but uh, you know um i'm really happy to that have this conversation with you i hope we can do it again i hope we don't have to do it over a podcast or maybe we do i'm not sure but
1: i uh uh, there's people really shockingly like the uh like in-person really scuffed recordings way more than i ever would have expected which is good because they're way more fun to record too They sure. because uh i would love to have the conversation about han and poe not with like stupid arm diagrams that are not useful Mm -hmm. but like we could have had that conversation uh with a like a picture of a board in like eight seconds and it would have been super obvious what each of us meant and yeah, like yeah. the the more and more exasperated attempting to explain something very simple on each side is very entertaining to listen to i know but yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. not very productive yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> maybe we need more confrontational for it to be even more entertaining
1: oh true yeah fuck you you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> there it is these resistance players is. all have no brains they're basically scum players deep inside <laughs> i got gotcha. you
0: that's not true but yeah um <laughs> anyways right.
1: they have at least one functioning brain cell in resistance yeah, i got you
0: yeah yeah um anyways, thank you for coming on uh thank you whoever's listening thank you for listening for this uh episode zero um i uh chris do you have anything that you wanna tell people about anything that you wanna um
1: i'm gonna put up on reddit soon
0: i thought oh, no. this
1: won't be a fire no I, um, don't so promise We've that. been trying a bunch of uh I don't know do you know when you're going to publish this
0: uh yeah, i don't man. have a timeline i uh, what i want to do is i want to build a little bit of a backlog so that i can do regular releases but not have to be on a strict schedule
1: yeah i got you well anyways it might have already happened it's not super important but uh, mm-hmm. i'm gonna put up uh so we've been science experimenting a bunch of random stuff that i'm trying to get feedback on from like mm-hmm. nova and adepticon and gencon of just like if you went you know, like, what did you like and not like? And I don't even want to ask the stuff we've been science experimenting because I don't want to, like, prime people's brains. But Mm -hmm. just, like, you know, uh, there'll be a Reddit thread up. I'll link it. Um, So hopefully, if you didn't see it and you're listening to this, you can find it. But yeah, like, just be thinking, and if it's not out yet, then just be thinking, like, hey, I went to Nova and I really liked... I don't know, the check-in process or something. I don't know if people like the check-in process. Oh, yeah, the best part of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, you know, the check-in process was smooth, or it was awful, or, you know, whatever. Just anything that comes to mind, because we've been doing a bunch of stuff, trying a bunch of different stuff on our side. But, like, people don't, I mean, you know, people don't give you feedback when things work. And when you're trying out very minor variations, like, the feedback, you gets really random, so... Mm-hmm. some stuff I think people probably didn't notice and blah 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 or did and it was really nice but they didn't think to say anything and some stuff they probably hated and were like too nice to say anything so yeah
0: okay well uh if whenever this goes up if it's out I'll include it in the show notes okay. <laughs> and if not then just be on the lookout because who knows all right
1: yeah Sounds. thanks again for having me it was fun uh it's this is very nostalgic I haven't been part of like an x-wing audio experience in
0: years at this point so I gotta yeah. you know watch watch myself before i turn into a monster again I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been on fly better podcasts um a couple of times but i i appreciate that you just just completely forgot that they existed yeah
1: well no it's like but that's different because like whenever i was on fly better it's like i had to be d's dad of like you know to stop him from spreading whatever misinformation <laughs> i mean you know obviously i'm mostly joking but like uh mm-hmm. it's always different because it's like uh like they wanna grab me when like, you know, some like when worlds was coming up. It's like, hey, tell us yeah, about yeah, the worlds yeah. format, what to expect, blah, blah, yeah, blah. And it's yeah. like an informational thing. Whereas this is like, you know, I can talk shit about how resistance players have uh, you know, empty brains or whatever, which is nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I that's the kind of the whole point of this. I like I don't want people to have come in and have agendas. I actually want to go deep dive deep into like people and know more about them because i think that there is a lot of like good x-wing players and a good of like knowledge and stuff like that that just isn't being tapped and i don't think it's being covered in really any other podcast right now so
1: yeah that's i mean i basically feel the same way it seems like um i mean audio x-wing for all the reasons we were struggling talking about han and Poe is really hard it's really hard to do meaningful x-wing stuff over audio Uh, it's, it's way easier as soon as you have even like just a simple whiteboard but you can't look at that while you're driving so
0: yeah well you shouldn't is you can you shouldn't
1: you know what true um but yeah so i think finding some way to get useful stuff out which i think i think you can do i believe in you
0: Uh, oh we'll see anyways uh thank you for this recording uh stay safe out there something something x-wing and uh we'll see you next time
1: insert outro here see
0: you guys bye